And welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. I uh, hope you are enjoying what is certainly turning out to be a crazy basketball season. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. As always, we are to and from Rochester, New York, in the past uh, three days, roughly, I guess you could call that. Um, drove back from Rochester today. Uh, hold on a second. Got one of my props, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, drove up Friday for the Wendy's Classic. Got to, uh, got there in time to see the end of one game and the last game there at University of Rochester for the day. And then um, stuck around Saturday and saw four basketball games, men's and women's. Certainly an, an enjoyable experience. The 50th and final on the men's side, Wendy's Classic. The 23rd, 24th on the women's side, obviously final as well. They even gave me a souvenir. I want to thank everybody there, the basketball with the Wendy's College Classic logo. You'll notice the one in our back over my shoulder, the Hoopsville Classic one. We'll put this right alongside it. We certainly appreciate them giving that to us. I want to thank Dennis uh, at Rochester. I want to thank um, uh, Norm at St. John Fisher. I want to thank the coaches who, who came on the show with me or uh, did some segments with me. I want to thank all the hospitality. Uh, there at Rochester, had a wonderful time. I will freely admit I am exhausted. Uh, Five-hour drive back today. Uh, went and got a haircut while we are at it. Uh, and then worked to get stuff going. So I want to thank everybody as we get this show rolling tonight uh, for their hospitality up in Rochester. By the way, if you hear a little background noise, don't worry. My kids are real excited today and upstairs having some fun. Um, lots to cover. Uh, flat out. Hold on. Forgot one other prop. From the printer, the top 25, and the decimation that is in the top 25, yet again. Uh, it's going to be a long day for voters tomorrow. Um, quickly, let's talk about this, and we'll get to our guests. And then we already have guests sitting on hold as we speak. Um, but first and foremost, um, let's see. I have, Stevens Point smacked by Augustana. Listen, I thought there was a good chance Stevens Point would lose that game. I pretty much was sure they were going to lose that game. Not 81-58. That game, I, I turned it off midway through the second half as I was at Rochester. I didn't think it was worth paying attention to anymore. St. John Fisher, rough, rough week. We already knew they lost to Rochester Tech when we talked on Thursday. They then went on to lose by 17 to Brockport State. Uh, got their revenge against Nazareth. But St. John Fisher, number 10, losing two games. They're 4-2. We'll see if they drop out of the top 10. Uh, or top 25, I should say. Uh, Babson lost to Tufts by three. WPI lost to Fitchburg State by one. Wash U lost to Illinois Wesleyan. Salisbury lost to Christopher Newport. Catholic and Whitewater both lost. Of course, we talked about those games last week. Oswego State lost to Buffalo State this weekend. Worcester um, in the receiving votes column got spanked by Ohio Wesleyan. We obviously talked about that. William Patterson lost yet again. Goodbye for my vote. They're done. Um, Stockton lost, but then came back to beat WP. Scranton lost to Juniata, who's still undefeated. Uh, Montclair State lost two games this week. Penn State Barron lost to LaRoche. Southern Maine lost two games this week. Hobart lost two games this week. MIT lost to Salem State. They had their other game against Framingham State um, postponed. You'll notice I wasn't talking about one of the teams in there. One of those teams that also lost was St. Thomas. Oh, did you see that? Let's go back in time just briefly. First and foremost, if you remember, I talked to John Tower on the Hoopsville Classic Coaches Corner 
back at the Hoopsville Classic about this conference. I talked to him, led him into it by saying, hey, you've won 10 consecutive conference titles. What do you expect from the conference this season? And here is what he had to say. Yeah, when you look at it, we, you know, there are times 10 straight is, is pretty amazing because you know how good the other teams are. And you also know the margin of, of error that there are a lot of seasons where there hasn't been much separating the top two, three, or four teams. And so, you know, we, our guys never take that lightly. They know that those 20 games are going to be an absolute grind. Um, but what I love about the Mayak, and I played in the Mayak, I was an assistant yeah. for 11 years. So this is my 20th year either playing or coaching at St. Thomas. And it prepares you incredibly well if you're fortunate enough to go on to the postseason. And, and you're going to see a lot of different styles that you know come March. Uh, you may see a team that runs and presses, and you might see a team that's half-court and post-dominated, and you're going to see really a plethora of styles in the Mayak. Well, now you're getting two, three, even four. That was what he said, talking about that conference, about different styles, about being a battle all the time. They got one last night. Early on in conference play, this video thanks to uh, Ryan Coleman at D3 Photography and, of course, those at Carrollton as well. Check out the end of the game against Carrollton. That's how they drew it up, folks. Carrollton wins on a reverse layup. And this is how we jam-pack a show, folks. This is how we do it. We're going to the Hoopsville Hotline. And joining us there is their head coach, Guy Cullen. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time. A little bit of last-second uh, dancing. I want to thank your SID, Ryan, for assisting this as well. <laughs> Heck of a victory for you guys. Um, it, I'm going to say it drew it up. It looked like that might've been a bit of a set play there at the end. Well, it, it, um, we, we've haven't done a whole lot with uh, just an area. Then we've actually been using it for warmups, uh, quite, quite a bit, uh, just after we're done with our stretching, but just, um, some pistol stuff. And, uh, and, and yes, that was one of the sets and basically you're trying to do, and it's not un, unlike what the, everybody sees the Spurs do a lot. You, you try to do something to free your point guard up to get really deep on the floor and, and hope that you can, uh, you know, get a, a weak side screen, which we did. John Eckert did a nice job of getting down and, and Mitch was uh, shooting the ball well for us and we wanted the ball in his hand. So we, uh, got, got the screen for our point guard as, as I believe you saw. And then he, he got really Real deep and uh, John hit a big time pick on the back and freed Mitch up and and he's got the option of staying around for the three or cutting to the hoop and we were we were able to get it to him and, and finish it off. That's a heck of a finish going. Uh, uh, I mean the feed was terrific enough, but then to get the reverse layup to fall pretty spectacular. Uh, I saw a picture of you going off the court. You seemed kind of calm and subdued. Um, after a big victory like that, especially a ranked team like St. Thomas, but also a team that has certainly been the, the dominating force in that conference, uh, at what point did it hit you? Oh, I think it, I think it hit me right away. You're, you're just you're 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 happy for your kids naturally, and and obviously they are, you know, the the gold standard for our league, uh, and and rightfully so. They just have a terrific program, just absolutely terrific. And and you know, but but our thing going in was um, you know just just be playing at a high level, and and we've been a little bit choppy in that regard, particularly sure. on the offensive end. And 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 I felt we you know did really a nice job. So you know, so right at the end, it was just kind of a you know exhale a little bit, and and you know it was just. 
just a, a hard-fought, number one, just a, a nice road win in our league. Yeah. But but number two, to you know, kind of get your report card from maybe as critical of a teacher as there is, you know, to see uh, where your game is at. And, and at least for that night, um, we, we felt really good about how we were playing and, and, and keeping the consistency of playing at a high level. Well, and you've started the conference against two of the bigger teams in the conference, certainly high expectations. You've beaten St. John's and St. Thomas now. Uh, six points over St. John's. That was at home. And then on the road against St. Thomas, beating them by one. You are now on top of the conference by a half game at 2-0. and oh. Talk about taking care of business in the early part of the season and the advantages. That's basically like having a game and a half lead on both teams because they're going to have to be forced to try and beat you either on the road for you guys, for St. John's, or at home when St. Thomas comes to visit you guys uh, in late January. That's a nice advantage to have going off into the beginning of the season. Yeah, in a, in a micro observation, it certainly is. But as we all know, we're we're two games into the season, and yeah. there, I'm familiar enough with the MIC that there are a <laughs> whole lot of very worthy opponents out there, and uh, you know who are. I, I, I'm just impressed across the board. It is going to be, Dave. It's going to be a fun league. There's no question about it. It's it's good. To, it's that's kind of thing as heck on coaches, but it's great for spectators and players and stuff like that. But it is going to be fun. But you're right. But like you know, the analogy of golf. Okay, so we birdied our first hole. We maybe eagled the second hole. There's a whole lot of holes left, <laughs> and, and, and let, let's not look at oh, this is an easy par four or anything yeah. like that. We just have to keep our competitive zeal and and move forward. And on all the cliches that that everybody uses, you know, one game at a time. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not who you play, how you play, you know that, that kind of stuff. So we've got it all. But we we pile them in, uh, coach. <laughs> yeah, we have we have one um, we have one uh, final uh, MIC game before uh, it's the, the holiday break and mm-hmm. then come back and that's that's at at St. Mary's. So we will, as as the term I use sometimes, we'll be going for the Catholic hat trick on that one. So <laughs> that's the uh, that's the game we want to get get up. And and we have a very very good River Falls team uh, that's going to be coming up on uh, on. Uh, on Wednesday of this yeah. week, so yeah, so it's it's just it, it, it's enjoyable. It's it's nice to see your kids playing at a good level and and sustaining that and and earning victories in the MIAC and mm-hmm. or Division Three basketball. Or it, it's just not easy. I mean, you have to earn it. You have to prepare. You have to work. And and uh, you you can't get too giddy one way or the other. You know because it's an odyssey. Yeah, it, there there's no question about that. Um, you talk about the the triple to start the Saints uh, there. Uh, you know that is big to get those guys. You know, obviously St. Mary's uh, in the past hasn't been uh, on top. Uh, four and twenty-one last year's season, one and nineteen in the conference this season. Off to a three and two start and one and one in conference, so they've certainly improved. Uh, you guys finished in the middle of the conference last year. Is this conference the middle and bottom improving enough that, it, as you point out, it's going to be a bit of a free for all this season? Yeah, I, I I believe that's correct. I think uh, uh, St. Mary's reminds me of my team a year ago. I mean, we were last year, we were, I think, a pretty solid team. And I, I, my assistant Ryan told me, I, I think we had 10 or 11, maybe 12 games decided by five or fewer points. And one of the things that we've hoped this year that if with a group, basically the entire group coming back, that they're not just a year older, but a year better and, and get, get some of these close games that we weren't able to do last year. And I think I see St. Mary's in that same light. I see McAllister, although they've had a, a couple of tough setbacks, they were just playing very well mm-hmm. earlier and they'll bounce back too. So yeah, and I, I, I know everybody likes to salute the league up and down and stuff, but yeah, you, you, you play average in our league, you're, you're going to be in trouble. And I think that's the case in a lot of the Division Three leagues. It's kind of funny, you'll, you'll finish with St. Mary's here, take a break, and then come back and play St. Olaf. So you really get all four Saints 
uh, yeah. to start the thing here. Um, well, we, but, have a, we have a whole conference full of saints. So oh, absolutely. There. Yeah. Uh, the, whether they're saintly is, a, is another conversation. But, <laughs> uh, hey, quickly, out of conference, let's talk about this River Falls game. They're, they're, you have the headlines now. They're not going to overlook you, obviously. Big game coming up out of conference on Wednesday. You already played some out of conference games. They started the season pretty much on the road, beat Crown on the road easily, beat Bethany Lutheran on the road easily, struggled out in California, losing to Pomona Pitzer and Claremont Mud Scripps before coming back and going on this run against St. John's and St. Thomas. How do you now keep these guys focused after a great start to the Mayak, a terrific upset win against St. Thomas at their place? How do you refocus them so that River Falls doesn't turn into what happened in California? Well, I, I think it's 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 your practices, and and we're fortunate to have good senior leadership, and and uh, you know, and, and and certainly credit you know Pomona and Claremont when we were out there, just just good teams, you know, and usually at the top of their league, and they I thought they played very well, but we were a little disappointed with that, and and uh, we had you know we're on a winter break right now yeah. at Carlton. We, we we it's not a J term, it's a pure break, so there's no school, so we can we've got 90 minutes in the morning to do some shoot around walkthroughs and, and opponent prep and things like that, for example. River Falls, a, a lot of ball screens again. So, so this it wasn't. We got a good workout against St. Thomas with ball screens, and and we're going to be seeing some more of that. So we're we're able to do that, and 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 it's nice. It's 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 nice when you can tell the players are engaged, and I'm sure this is the case at most of the successful programs at Division Three. So I don't mean to make it sound like just here, but you you can tell when they're engaged in the drill. You 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 can tell. There, there's no question about it. Or if or if a kid's just waiting to go through the motions and start scrimmaging or something with the prep staff point and that kind of stuff and I think our our kids are are, are good at that and and that's the, that's the kind of stuff I think we get some growth with with the kind of you know kind of two-a-day things that we have right now so yeah so so there's nothing r- really new just it, it it's it's on to the next kind of concept you know another cliche for you but it, it, it really is just getting getting there and 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 Having them understand, and they do, how how difficult it is to really earn a win against a good quality team, and how much work needs to go into it, and preparation, and the like, and and then just striving for consistency. That's that's what I believe every team is trying to do, and uh, and having kids that aren't afraid of feedback, that that's fantastic, and and uh, and they 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 don't want to be average. Of course, the other thing is you'll take a two and a half week break after you play St. Mary's before you play St. Olaf. Uh, no tournaments during the Christmas holiday. You'll get back into the swing of things on January 2nd. So keeping that consistency is certainly up for that challenge here coming up. Don't have a ton of time with you, Coach. Usually we would, but we we got you into the only spot available on tonight's show. Um, and so my question to you is, can you give us a little bit of a sense of who the, who's on this team, who the big guys are, and maybe who, who the ones are that are uh, maybe a diamond in the rough, as it were? Uh, as far as our roster is concerned? Yeah. Yeah, I think we I think we have you know a handful of nice really nice college players. Uh, Kevin Grow is a, is a good good sophomore big kid for us who's doing a nice job, and Peter Bacher Arkema is uh, is a kid that we got in, and he never played point before, and this is his third year doing it, and that that's terrific. Mitch Bewin is a good scorer from us, a local kid as well, and and I think one of our guys that is what I would call a non statistical contributor as good as anyone we have ever had in my 32 years at Carleton, John Eckert. Uh, from Indiana uh, is is a, a 6'6 forward for us who starts 
plays, you know, 20, 23 to 27 minutes a game is our best passer, can guard on the inside, can guard on the outside, is our best screener, can read a secondary defender, can, I mean, everything that wouldn't appear in the stats, not a big scorer for us, our, our, one of our leading rebounders every game, and, and assist turnover ratio, all that kind of stuff. So he's a, he, he's a really calming kind of guy for our team, and it's, it's delightful to have something like that. Well, thank you for giving us a little bit of the insight of who this team is. I love the term there, the non-statistical, uh, best non-statistical guy you've got. That, that, that's outstanding. Um, as always, Coach, we give the final word to you. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, no, just a, just a pleasure to be on your, your show, and, and I don't know if you guys realize how many people really appreciate what you do, and, and we're aware of how much work's involved, and it was interesting listening to your uh, personal odyssey and your travel and all that you've been doing, because it reminded me of a coach at this stage yeah. of the year when you're trying to get your walkthroughs done and get ready for any of your game preps and turnaround time and stuff like that, but, but I know our guys really appreciate the show, and everybody that we talk to does, so just keep up the good work. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. I don't travel as much as you coaches do but I certainly envy you when I do. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on the big win and the great start to the season. Looking forward to watching not only the Knights, but certainly uh, the rest of the Mayak as the rest of the season progresses. Take care. It's been my pleasure. Great. Thank you. Coach Guy Collin joining us here on Hoopsville. Uh, I won't bemoan Carlton. Uh, I did apply to that school when I was in high school and was unceremoniously rejected. What can you do, right? Uh, let's be honest, though. I think that educational standards were a little bit higher than my capabilities. Uh, I want to thank Coach for coming on again. Big win over St. Thomas. I want to congratulate them. We have a jam-packed show. We haven't even talked about the women's top 25. A number of losses uh, in there. There were nine total, and those just um, uh, in the top 25. Tufts losing to Bowden. Did not see that coming, and it wasn't close. 18 points, 61 43. Montclair State lost to Moravian earlier in the week. Uh, University of New England lost to Tufts. Not that big a deal, but then went on to win a couple more games. FDU Florham lost today to Kings, their second loss. They haven't lost two games in a season in a while, not counting postseason. Capital lost to Mount Union. Rochester lost to Geneseo State uh, before winning against St. John Fisher, a game I was on hand for. Trinity, Texas lost to Houston Baptist. Baptist, and then made up for it with a win over Incarnate Word in Division One school. Obviously losing to the Division One, then beating a Division One. Congratulations, Trinity, Texas. We'll talk more about that later in the show. Carthage, a bit of a rough start uh, week. Lost to Clark and Stevens Point. Heard from their head coach. He likes how their season has started. We certainly uh, appreciate him taking the time to, to message that to us. Um, we'll see uh, how they do. Speaking of guests. And speaking of women, University of New England's men's basketball coach, Anthony Ewing, will be joining us a little bit later in the show. We'll also talk to a team who may be getting just more top 25 love after another big win on the men's side. Texas Lutheran, who has now beaten Eastern T East Texas Baptist, Harden-Simmons, and Mary Harden-Baylor to start non-conference action. We will talk to their head coach, second time, second uh, season uh, with the program, fourth overall. Jimmy Smith will join us. We'll also go back up to Rochester where we talk to Scott Hemmer from Geneseo State. We also talk to uh, Luke Flick. Luke, I've, I've screwed up Luke's name. It's in my head now. I screwed it up. One of my favorite names. Anyway, Luke, head coach at Rochester. We'll talk to him um, coming up here shortly as well. I'll also talk to J.C. DeLast, uh, DeLast, East Region um, uh, uh, regional reporter for us, broadcaster up there in Rochester. We'll talk to him. And coming up next, we'll talk to Bob Quillman from the Central Region. Did you count how many guests we got tonight? 
and we barely will go into overtime. Barely, believe it or not. That's all coming up on the show. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. If you have questions for us or want to interact with us, you can do so via Twitter, at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Believe it or not, 30 minutes ago, I was exhausted. We're off to an awesome start. I'm exhilarated. Got Bob Quillman coming up next. Looking forward to it. You're listening to Hoopsville. We'll be back with more right after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Division Three schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the student-athlete needs to maintain that GPA. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport and don't get that experience. Being a Division Three athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely put my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus, but more recognition nationwide. I did win the Jostens Trophy, which is based on leadership, academics, and then how well you do on the court. I'm also the Schwartz Scholar of my class. Schwartz Scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's identified as a likely leader. And the other day, it won't matter how they play on the field, it will matter how they do in the classroom. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you are enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. I want to point out, got a, a message from John Towers, St. Thomas's head coach, uh, during the commercial break. We reached out to him prior to the show, and he was just, just able to get back to us. It says, Carlton, uh, Carlton played a tremendous game. They're an excellent team, and we knew it would be a battle. It was back and forth affair, and they made one play at the end, one more play at the end. Guys, one of the best coaches around, always putting his players and teams in the best possible position to succeed. The Mayak is competitive on a yearly basis, and we love the challenges we face every time out, knowing we see the other teams best. Hard fought in one of the 20 games that will decide this year's champ. Uh, I want to thank John Tower for reaching out via that and good points all around. John Tower, also one of the best coaches uh, in the country as well, certainly gets his guys prepared even if they lose. Uh, it is always fun to talk with John, and I appreciate him taking the time to message us back jam-packed show we're going to keep it moving uh we're going to going to talk a little bit more national scope in a moment but we're going to slide mainly central region for a bit uh while talking to our good friend bob quillman who now joins us on the hoopsville hotline bob good to hear from you for the first time this year dave you're in a march form right now i mean i know it's still <laughs> early but you are moving at a quick pace it almost seemed like you had some red bull or something before you hit the air <laughs> i didn't we sadly 
we may have to test you for uh, PEDs or something. <laughs> I, I, I will give you that. Uh, you, you can ask my wife about a half hour, 45 minutes ago. I looked like I was dead. Um, it's been a long weekend, to say the least. Um, speaking of long, it's going to be a long season, uh, to say the least. Um, I don't know where to start in the central region, so how about we do this? We start with the number one team in that conference. So Augustana in the CCIW. Um, Augustana off to about the start we expected. I said at the beginning of the show, I said it when, I, when they played Whitewater, and, and I said it when they played Stevens Point. I expected them to win those games. I did not expect them to absolutely annihilate those two teams, especially in the second halves. Yeah, they're, they're off to the start that everyone thought, and, and maybe even better, because you don't expect to go to Whitewater and win by 20, and you certainly don't expect to beat Stevens Point by, by 23, even if Stevens Point lost the majority of their guys from the national championship team, you just don't beat Stevens point by 23 points. And, and so, you know, Augustana is very legitimate. They're the real deal. They're one of the teams in the country. One of the few teams that can say that they don't have any weakness. You know, they have great outside play. They have great inside play. They have great defense. They have great offense, uh, veteran team. They have no weaknesses and they're really good. Uh, yeah, just just a wee bit pretty good. And, and what's scary about them, Bob, is they can't have a game like Whitewater where they're down one at halftime. You think, hey, this is going to be pretty good, and they just come out and play a whole different ball game in the second half. You know, any any team that has the ability to defend, I think, has the ability to to withstand some of those ugly games. You know, a game that's in the the twenties at halftime or the low thirties. And Augustana is always going to come out with great defense, even when they're not shooting it well. They can always hang their hat on that. So it's they're, they're just a really complete team. They're well coached, and uh, you know they're they're the favorite to to cut down the nets, in my opinion. We'll talk a little bit more about them on a national scale in a minute, but let's talk about the rest of the region. Elmer's also off to a good start, six and one on the season. Of course, that one loss was a bit of a huh. Uh, when they lost to Benedictine, but Benedictine has made a fools of the CCIW so far. Uh, but they got back on one against the Triple A's, Alma, Adrian, and Albion. Um, this Elmer squad certainly has a lot of expectations, Bob, because of what they did last year, and everybody thought it really wouldn't happen until this season. What are you seeing so far from the Blue Jays? Yeah, a little bit of a strange start. You know, they they had a little trouble, a lot of trouble with Greenville uh, playing the system there at a game at Greenville, yeah. and that surprised me. And then they just got pasted by Benedictine, yeah. uh, a, a great Benedictine team that, that we'll talk about here in a second. But, uh, I, I mean, they were down, I think it was over 20 points at halftime at home to Benedictine. Um, Elmer's beat Alma by just two points. So um, I think Elmhurst is, is very legitimately the number two team in the CCIW preseason. But I don't think that they have played like it to, to this point. They are loaded with talent. And they're another team that I think has very few weaknesses, but a uh, little surprising start from, from Elmhurst. Um, surprising start from Elmhurst. Interesting start from your Titans. I think mixed bag on whether they're a top 25 team this year. Of course, they lost to Benedict team by two off the start. They also played Greenville and put up 150 points. Loved your tweets, about, by the way, about leading the country in scoring after that. Um, but then took a, a bit of a hit against a very good Ohio Wesleyan squad. And then the Wash U game, I watched parts of that. It wasn't pretty. Yeah, it was a real – that Wash U game was, was a real grinded-out defensive affair, and uh, it wasn't pretty. Um, you know, it's one of those a win is a win kind of games if yes. you're Ron Rose. And I think coming into the season, Illinois Wesleyan was a team that um, was picked third in the CCIW, had a lot of parts to replace in the perimeter. 
So it's kind of a work-in-progress kind of season. Um, they lose to Benedictine in the opener, uh, play Ohio Wesley. Now, the thing I'd say is that I think that, that IW has played one of the strongest schedules in Division Three to date. Mm-hmm. You know, Almost on paper, it doesn't quite look like it because you're not used to seeing Benedictine and Ohio Wesleyan and thinking top 10 team. Mm-hmm. But those those teams will both be in the top 10 here come uh, come Monday, I assume. And so I think Wesleyan, now that they have Mike <clears throat> Marietti back, will make a really strong push um, into that uh, end of the non-conference, into the CCIW. And then Wheaton has been kind of the uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of the conference. Um, also lost to Benedictine, again, who has rolled through the CCIW. Um Lost to Chicago, lost to Hope, lost to Calvin. Yet against Hope, they had the lead until about 13 seconds left to go in regulation. Then traded the leads, goes to double overtime, and Hope eventually prevails. Then could not hold on against Calvin, losing by 33. I don't, or I'm sorry, 13. I can't do math. Um, they do have Whitewater up ahead. Wheaton's bit down. So's North Central. This is kind of the oddity about the CCIW this season. Yeah, so when you look at coming into to the to the season, North Central was picked fourth in the league, and I think Wheaton was picked like uh, sixth-ish somewhere yeah. in there. I think North Park was fifth. So um, Wheaton, you know, gets pasted by University of Chicago at home, and then they go to double overtime against Hope in a game that, quite frankly, I think Hope people would say Wheaton should have won. They were up six points with yeah. a minute twenty, and uh, turned it over a few times. So. I think Wheaton's a team that they are—they have no chance to win the CCIW. I don't think they have any chance to finish in the top three. But if you're Wheaton, you're saying, you know what, we can finish fourth and we can get into that mm-hmm. conference tournament and anything can happen. I, I think Wheaton's right there in like the four range in the league and, and they're good enough to beat anybody and then they're bad enough to lose to anybody. <laughs> that is the truth. Um, I certainly like how they see, of course, North Central's down this season. Quick thoughts on the CCIW overall. Obviously, Augustana's to lose. Is there a dark horse in this group? Well, I mean, I think North Park is a team that you're going to look at. Last year, they, they were a surprise team, and they have three really, really talented players. Um, that said, they've gotten off to a slow start. After beating Chicago, they've dropped some games and haven't played very well. So uh, I think if you're looking at a team to surprise, look at look at North Park. But you're, you're right. It's Augie's to, to win or lose, and after that, I think IW and, and Elmhurst are pretty much dead even. Let's jump over the NACC, which is the uh, other CCIW team, for lack of a better description. Benedictine is playing either conference games against the NACC or their five out-of-conference games against CCIW. They're already off to a 3-0 and start against the CCIW with wins, as we mentioned, against Illinois Wesleyan, Wheaton, Elmhurst. They've now gotten wins over Rockford and Marion in conference. They still have North Central and Carthage to play out of conference in the CCIW later in the season. They're off to a 5-0 and start. So is Aurora off to a 5-0 and start. That's kind of the under-the-radar team. Is And, you know, when you look at the NACC, uh, Concordia of Wisconsin's the team that, that yeah. was picked to win the league in the preseason poll. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you've got Concordia, which is obviously a good team, and Benedictine and Aurora both 5-0. and I think Benedictine's 5-0 and is much better than Aurora's because you've yeah. got the wins over Illinois Wesleyan and Elmhurst, which are, you know, those are CCIW conference tournament teams. I mean, those are impressive wins for Benedictine. Aurora, I think we need to wait a little bit more yeah. and see how the season plays out. But you have a strong top of, of the NACC. Yeah, it's kind of strange. We're not used to that. They are setting themselves up for an at-large team here. Without question. I mean, you look at Benedictine, you're looking at even more than that with Benedictine. They could be 
right now, you know, if we did a regional ranking right now, you'd have Augustana one, and you'd have Benedictine a really close two. Yeah, now you don't and know strength Benedict- of schedule numbers, but certainly that would be the indication. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so Benedictine is is setting themselves up that, you know, this could be a team if they do well in the conference. Uh, they could be a really high seed in the central region. And you're right. So between Aurora and Benedictine, someone's going to be in pretty good shape, possibly for a pool C. This is usually a league that, that we're talking about just as a, an AQ only. Oh, and as you said, Concordia, Wisconsin was the pick of this conference. They're 4-2 and two already with a loss in conference or 3-1 and one in conference. Uh, that loss coming to Lakeland, which is a little surprising. But still, you got technically, if you go by the coaches' poll, plus what's the start, start of the season, three teams here out of the NACC. Unheard of uh, conversations. It's, it's, a, it's a league with, with good coaches. And, yeah. you know, you, you've, you've got Jim Lancaster at Aurora and, and, and your buddy Chuck Funkenberg at yeah. Benedictine. <laughs> also goes by Keith on occasion. But good coaches. Uh, good teams, and this year I think you've got three teams that, that legitimately think they have a chance at the tournament. Well played, sir. Very well played and agreed. <laughs> uh, let's quickly talk about the Midwest Conference. Uh, Carroll St. Norbert on top of this one. Um, Carroll off to a 5-0 and start. St. Norbert off to a 4-1. and um, It certainly looks like St. Norbert's to once again win, but even he will tell you this is going to be a battle. Yeah, going in, I mean, preseason, St. Norbert picked to win it. Monmouth picked second, Ripon picked third. You look at the standings, though, and Carroll's 5-0. and Yeah. And uh, St. Norbert looks as good as always. St. Norbert is, has emerged as uh, one of the, the real solid programs, strong programs in Division Three. They're 4-1. and one. Their only loss is at Stevens Point. They beat Oshkosh. Oshkosh picked third in the WIAC. Um, uh, so I think St. Norbert is poised for another big season where – you know, come selection day, we're talking about them as a, a you know fairly high seed in the region. I, they look positioned to have another big one. Um, let me slide over to Slyak. And Slyak, we're not going to go too far into you. I just want to point out quickly, our Iowa Wesleyan, the brand-new Slyak member, 5-2 and two start in the season, 2-0 in conference play. Webster is 2-0 and as long with, with Westminster of Missouri, 2-0. Not going to dive into this one. This one's going to be fun to watch just because of the newness, IW Wesleyan brings to the table talked about the the NACC but of course the other behemoth in the room is the WIAC um Whitewater River Falls Stevens Point um Oshkosh Platteville Eau Claire Lacrosse Stout all of them are going to probably have pretty good season season Stout's the only one who's off to a rough start at one and four Whitewater and River Falls are four and two Stevens Point Oshkosh are three and two Platteville and Eau Claire are four and three and Lacrosse is three and five uh, I know Stevens Point was the pick to win this, but I have a, I have this feeling it's going to be a bit of a free for all. Yeah, I think uh, the closest WIAC followers would tell you that the league is a little bit down this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you look at Stevens Point's probably right now on paper the best team. I don't think Stevens Point is a top ten team right now. I think no. they're maybe a you know a fifteen ish kind of team. They're they're good but not great. Yeah. Um, I, Whitewater, I am not sold on Whitewater. They have seven transfers. They have wonderful individual talent. I don't think they have it all gelled together at all. They looked really a mess to me in that Augustana game. They went to Beloit in the next game, picked eighth in the Midwest Conference, and went to overtime against Beloit. Um, so Whitewater, to me, is not a top 25 team. Um, Oshkosh was supposed to be really good coming in. Um, they've lost two games already. Uh, so I don't know what to make of the, the WIAC other than we know it's a great conference. Mm-hmm. We know that teams are going to get better. I still hang my hat on Stevens Point when it's all said and done to, to win that league. Yeah, Oshkosh, uh, you know, beat St. Norbert, maybe no surprise, or lost to St. Norbert there, which was kind of an okay, maybe, but then followed it up with a loss to Coe. 
um, barely beat Wisconsin Lutheran, uh, blew out Edgewood, uh, played Vitterboro, uh, not in Division Three, obviously, in an easy one there. They don't have a ton of out-of-conference, like, ooh, look at that, except coming up they will play tr- uh, Trine and Augustana on either ends of Christmas, which will be worth watching. Uh, if you're an Oshkosh and Wyack fan. Quickly, UAA is obviously more of a national, but it'll help me transition. Um, uh, and uh, Chicago, rough start, but are 6-2 and two now. Wash U, undefeated start, but now 5-1 and one after the, the, the ugly loss to Illinois Wesleyan. I think a lot of people would tell you that, especially close to the program, that Wash U probably isn't even a top 25 team as a voter. I felt like <laughs> I had to vote for somebody. Um, Chicago, I, I don't think they're playing the kind of game that they want to play. But what's your take on the, on that on that conference and those two teams in particular? Yeah, I think the team that's under the radar right now is Chicago because of the start they got off to. Right, they they lost at North Park and. Look, I've seen plenty of really good Illinois Wesleyan teams lose at North Park, yeah. including last year when a win would have meant a CCIW championship. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's a hard, it's a weird, funky place to play. And so I, I don't hold that loss against Chicago. They lost to Mount Union, which is a good team. Um, for whatever reason, Chicago came out of the gates and struggled. But I think they're under the radar, and they they still are the UAA favorite, in my opinion. And I think they're much more of a top 25 team than Wash U. I, I think Wash U is, you know, maybe, maybe 23, 24, 25-ish. And certainly any Wash U team you're going to look at as a candidate. But I still think Chicago is the pick in the UAA. Uh, I would agree with you, but it's certainly going to be an interesting race to watch. Um, but it allows me to kind of transition a little bit more nationally on this one. Let's jump back to the Augustana conversation. You have said on the chat boards and even on Twitter on a couple occasions that at one point you thought Hope was a better team than Augustana, though Hope certainly struggled against Wheaton um, and, and has had an interesting start to the season. Um, is that still your take? Or are you kind of f- flipping a coin like the rest of us? Well, after seeing what Augie did to Stevens Point and, and after you know Hope having – trouble with Wheaton and then uh, having just a little bit of a trouble with Carthage, uh, at least tied at halftime. Um, I've got Augie is firmly, you know, the better of the two teams. But when Hope is at full strength and they they have their center out for, I think, a game here, Brock Benson, who is one of the better five men in Division Three, he is outstanding. When he's in there and Hope is shooting it well, Hope can absolutely beat Augustana. They, They are versatile they're dynamic. They have great perimeter play. They have a stud in Brock Benson. They have some versatile six, four, five, six, six-ish guys that I really let. Harrison Blackledge kid is really good. Um, I like Hope a lot, but but Augustana to me has earned the distinction of you know they're the favorite right now. Um, this is an interesting top twenty-five. Ten new teams jumped into it. We have all kinds of losses yet again in just a matter of a week. Um, we're going to get a ton of more shakeup, except for maybe that top five. It really feels we'll hear from JC to last later in the East region. He feels the same way. Top five, six to eight feel pretty locked in. The rest of it just feels like a free for all. Um, you're probably, I don't know if you're back voting on the top 25 or not, but if you were, you, you must dread a Monday. But if you look at it from this point of view, how great is it too, though, that this parody allows for every single night, there's a game that anything can happen. It's definitely a year full of parity because, I mean, to me, Augustana is in a league by themselves, and Hope is in that neighborhood. I don't know enough about Whitworth or St. Thomas or Amherst. I don't think Amherst has played anybody yet. They haven't. Um, it, right. So they're uh, up where they're usually ranked in, in this part of the year without 
playing anybody. Yeah. Um, I, I digress. Um, but I tell you, like, Ohio <laughs> well, they got West Brandeis plays. and Babson coming up, so we'll finally get a good test for right. Amherst coming up. Central region bias coming out there. Um, <laughs> Ohio Wesleyan is a really good team, so they're they're a unique team. You know, Ohio yeah. Wesleyan doesn't look like a a traditional power that I'm used to, where you you know there's a six eight post guy and there's another six six guy, and uh, they they're constructed really differently. But boy, do they cause matchup problems. They have yeah. this little point guard that no one can handle, and and they've got a six four six five wing player that can play inside outside. No one can guard him. They spread you out. They dribble drive. Um, Ohio Wesleyan is a team that is going to I – mean, they have a chance to have a pod built around them You're right. come, come March because they're, they're off to a great start. So tons of parity, and it makes for a great season. Certainly does. Uh, by the way, before I let you go, you did tweet this out. I'm showing it to everybody else. Me on the 60-inch. I love the tree in the background. I love the look of the room. Me on the 60-inch scares me. Um, are you sure you're not going insane by doing that? And has your wife not killed you yet? Well, the good thing is my wife is in New York City on a girls' trip right now, so she probably would not have endorsed <laughs> pulling up uh, Hoopsville on Apple TV, 60 inch, spending the you know little time with Dave McHugh here in the in the den. But um, since she's not here, I could do that, and I can enjoy the show, a little Christmassy scene here in the living room. <laughs> hey, you know what? I can then totally understand how you got away with that, and now I know how you were so available to join me tonight. Uh, makes total sense. Uh, i got to run because we got so much to get into this show, but I always uh, want to hear you especially give your final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be watching? No, excited for the season again. Uh, last few seasons, we, we've said the same thing, which is, you know, parity is what Division Three basketball has, has become about. Uh, we don't have too many, of uh, you know, just you know, these powers that can beat everyone. That includes Augustana. Augustana is great, but Augustana uh, is, is not good enough just to roll over everybody here. And so uh, this is going to be a great season. Hey, I uh, just want to warn you next month. or Yeah, next month. Jeez, that's scary to say. Next month, I might be in your state. I'm just saying. Looks like there's a good chance I'll be in your state. Well, it's a big state. Dave. I know. So, like, well, don't, I don't know if it's don't. your neighborhood because I don't remember where your neighborhood is, and I don't want to throw I, you under the bus. So I'm in Dallas. Like, oh. Don't show up in Houston and ask me to go to lunch or something. I'm going to be down so, in San Antonio, sir. Uh, well, I'm going to be in San Antonio as well for the uh, the Trinity Classic down there, watching nice. some good games. So I'm going to be down there. So uh, hope to see you when you're, quote, in my state. I'll be in your state in mid, 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 mid-month right now is the plan, but we'll talk about it more later. Thanks so much for coming on, my friend. Sounds good, Dave. Thanks. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bob Quillman joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Really appreciate him taking the time. Bob knows uh, Division III basketball. He's been around since 93. If you are not uh, someone who's been watching this show since its infancy, practically, Bob has been one of those regional reporters who has been on this show almost from day one. First month of this show was not regionally reported uh, based, but I, Bob was one of the first ones that came on as a regional reporter. I always love getting Bob on the show. We'll hear from him a few more times this season. we got to get going because we're running behind. We're going to talk about Texas basketball with Texas Lutheran's head coach, uh, Jimmy Smith, coming up here shortly. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. If you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. More Hoopsville right after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum. It's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. 
Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division three school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result in my mind is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it. I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself you know, a, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division three school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result in my mind is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it. I know sports. And welcome to Hoopsville, everybody. Welcome back, should say. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got any questions for us, as we mentioned all the time, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. All scrolling at the bottom of your screen. We've got a lot to talk about here on the show, so we're going to keep it moving, as it were. Uh, it's kind of appropriate that we were talking about Texas there to finish off the segment with Bob Quillman, also his alma mater, Illinois Wesleyan, because they all kind of combine a little bit to talk to one of the teams that is definitely probably under the radar of some people. They're getting some top 25 votes. They are most likely going to get more top 25 votes, if not enter the top 25, believe it or not, uh, in this next week's poll. That's because Texas Lutheran Bulldogs are off to a pretty good start at 6-1, and one, the only blemish, another Lutheran school. But they have beaten East Texas Baptist, Mary Harden-Baylor, and Harden-Simmons, three of their last four games. Their next game, Illinois Wesleyan. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is their head coach, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. 
Thank you, Dave. I appreciate being here. I appreciate it. I think the last time I chatted with you, and I don't remember if you made Salem last year, so forgive me, but the last time I vividly remember chatting with you was in Salem. You were Shriners head coach. Everything seemed to be going well, and all of a sudden, like two weeks later, you were Texas Lutherans <laughs> head coach. Uh, so thanks for giving me the heads up there. Yeah, it was kind of an odd turn of events, um, but uh, you know everything happens for a reason, I guess, and uh, I'm glad to be over here at Texas Lutheran now. Well, we should say things are certainly off to a good start because Texas Lutheran hasn't had a winning season since 05, I think, 2005, if memory serves from the research I quickly did earlier. Uh, and you guys pull go from nine and seventeen to eighteen and ten last year. Go from three and eleven in the SCAC to eleven and three. You win the regular season. You win the conference title, and you go to the first ever NCAA tournament berth. And if that wasn't good enough, you're off to a six and one start with three monster wins. Yeah, it's uh, it was definitely um, a fun turnaround last year. Uh, just getting here and uh, getting some things going in the right direction, and then we just kind of caught some momentum and. Uh, you know, won the conference and won the conference tournament and, and got a chance to experience the NCAA tournament and it did not go the way we wanted to. Uh, <laughs> no. faced, faced a good uh, Claremont team. and um, But, you know, I think that really helped us uh, going into, you know, the off season in the summer to, uh, you know, refocus our goals uh, maybe beyond just the conference and seeing if we can uh, get back to the NCAA tournament this year and, then, and try to advance. By the way, Claremont Month Scripps thought it, it was a terrific uh, game. Um, just for the record. <laughs> yes, I'm sure they did. <laughs> they thought it was outstanding. They enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, um, of course, they went on to lose to East Texas Baptist, who went all the way uh, or had a, a magical run to the Elite Eight, as everyone would yep. remember. Um, listen, you come in at Texas Lutheran, and as I said, turn this program around to 18-10, and 10, and then you've got these big wins against Harden-Simmons, who I thought was going to have a spectacular season this year. Uh, that helped them start three and three. I'm double checking what they did since because my memory can only go so far. They're four and four, so they're one and one since that point. Uh, even the win over Laterno was a solid win. A win over East Texas Baptist, who's uh, top 25. Um, East Texas Baptist, their first loss of the season. And then uh, Mary Harden Baylor, who's off to a two and two start. These are teams that have been in the conversation, if not in the last year, but in the last five years in the Texas area. Is this smoke and mirrors, Jimmy, or are you guys legit? Um, I think we're legit. I mean, we uh, we have a, a solid group returning from last year. Uh, we brought in some freshmen that have uh, stepped up, different ones at different times. Um, but we, we've improved a lot. You know, I think we've improved primarily on the defensive end, uh, rebounding as well. And uh, I think we're holding our opponents about 36% right now. And it's allowing us opportunities to, to compete in every game. And, you know, we've made the plays we needed to to, to win all but one of them. So, uh, you know, I expect us to keep going in this direction for sure. Um, yeah, you're holding opponents to 36% from the floor. You're shooting 41% yourself. You're shooting 36 from beyond the arc and holding opponents to 23% from beyond the arc. Let's talk about the team just a little bit here. Uh, led by Sterling Holmes with 19 points a game, 13 points a game from Jordan. Uh, is it Cormettis? Um, and I'm Zach, impressed. thank you. And once in a blue moon, I get them right. Uh, Zach Barr is 13 points a game as well. Of course, um, Holmes is averaging nine rebounds a game. Uh, your big assist man is also Holmes at 4.3 a game. Those other two I mentioned certainly handing out assists, grabbing rebounds, uh, shooting very well from outside. All three of them are shooting well from outside. And then I, there's other guys on here we can go through. You feel like a, a bit of a balanced team, actually. 
We are. We really are. I mean, we're, we definitely have Sterling and Jordan, who uh, Sterling was the newcomer of the year in our conference last year, and then Jordan was the first team all-conference and was actually the MVP of the conference tournament. Um, so those guys are kind of leading the way for us. But uh, we've got a lot of other guys that can do a lot of different things, and I think that's kind of defined our season so far is we got a lot of versatility, and, and so it's been kind of a different person every game, but uh, we've had enough people step up in each game and use different lineups and everyone's just stayed ready. And uh, it's kind of been like the team model that you really hope to have uh, in your mind. It's, it's played out that way for us so far. Um, what's scary, Jimmy, is you've got one senior on this team and he's averaging 3.1 points a game. This right. isn't about necessarily this year. It is about this year. Yes. But last year, this year, it's all kind of building the next year in some ways, shapes and fashions. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And I think that's, you know, where we're trying to get to. And with our scheduling this year, you know, going out to Washington and taking a long flight and doing all that stuff, I think prepared us for hopefully uh, opportunities to do that again down the road. Um, And then playing as hard of a schedule as we can play here in the area. You know, also with, like you mentioned, Illinois Wesleyan at the Trinity tournament as well as Alma, who seems to be playing a lot better now. Uh, I mean, we're really trying to challenge ourselves and are going to do the same next year just to play the toughest schedule we can to, to see where we're at and where we need to get better. Um, you talk about um, you know the schedule. Let's talk about the past briefly. Started with a big win over Texas. Tyler, and then you headed to Washington, as you point out, and you stumbled against Pacific Lutheran. Now, certainly Pacific Lutheran isn't off to a horrible start themselves. They're off to a pretty darn good start at six and one with their one loss, a four point loss to Chicago. Granted, two of oh, I'm sorry, two of those games are non division three, and they got two more against non division threes coming up. I'm looking forward to seeing them in Vegas. Um what happened? Um I'll, I'll first off give the credit to Pacific Lutheran. I mean, they are uh they're a solid team. They have a lot of returners. They do a really good job defensively and in, in making you earn everything. And uh, they're very patient on offense, move the ball, work it through the post, and, and they get good shots. Um, so they played well. You know, they definitely beat us. I think for us, we may have gotten caught up a little bit in, you know, going to the fish market and taking the <laughs> harbor cruise and all the stuff we did out in Seattle. And, uh, you know, we just we weren't as prepared in that game, I thought, um, coming out of the gates. Uh, as we have been in later games. But, you know, I think the plus to that was we were able to watch that film and, and see all the things that we, you know, the mistakes we made. And we're a completely different team the next day against the Puget Sound team and then have kind of been different ever since. So uh, although we lost the game, I think in a lot of ways that might have been the best thing that's happened to us so far this year. You're now in the middle of a two-week break before you'll take on uh, Illinois Wesleyan down there uh, at Trinity, Texas. Um, and then you'll have nine days off before you'll take on Texas Tyler in a second matchup. Um, uh, those game you're playing basically a, another tournament uh, at Texas Tyler. You'll just be facing Texas Tyler a second time, and you got another chance at East Texas Baptist. Quickly before we talk about the break, the nuances of being in Texas, you have to play some teams a little bit too often outside of your conference, for lack of a better description. Um, as you'll obviously play Texas Tyler and East Texas Baptist a second time. How challenging is that when you know there's things like SOS at stake? It's tough. It's tough because of, you know, the way that the ASC is uh, built. You know, they started conference this weekend. So you really have to try to find ways times to play those teams. And uh, it's kind of unique in when who has off weeks and things like that to try to find games to play them because, 
you know, in the SCAC, we don't start until after after the new year, our conference, right. and they're already into it. So um, it's nice that, you know, that Pat has the training team because that, that gives us a chance to play some different people. Um, but, yeah, you just kind of got to get in touch with all these guys around here and, and see when you can play people. And we, we try to play as many people as we can early before they start conference. But after that, it's just trying to figure out how we can all make it work together. And like I said, we're – we're trying to play the best teams that we can, you know, in this area. Um, and so that's, I think what we've done for the most part is we've, we've taken on all the, all the good teams. Uh, you know, I think UT Dallas is also also a really good start. Um, we weren't able to, to make it work with Terry over there, but uh, other than that, I think we're, we're going head to head with, you know, the best teams in this area. Um, you do have Illinois Wesleyan ahead of you. You have Alma ahead of you. And as you said, an improving Alma squad. That is one in the MIAA who a lot of people have their eyes on. How do you prepare, especially after a two-week break here, after a good run? You guys kind of got into pace here. Now you get these two weeks kind of to, to focus on finals and other things before you'll take on Illinois Wesleyan. How do you keep the guys focused, and how do you go up for this next set of challenges for yourselves? Yeah, I mean, we're actually about to hit a break right here for finals, like you mentioned. So um, it is kind of scary as a coach. Once you get on a little bit of a roll, and then you, you got to let them go for a little bit to focus on things that are a little bit more important. Uh, with finals and everything, but uh, the nice thing is we'll we'll get back into it a week from today on Sunday, and uh, you know just start preparing again for for Illinois Wesleyan and, and Alma, and um, you know just try to pick up where we left off. But uh, I know I think for this team, you know every game has been kind of a learning process, and we're we're just talking about taking it one game at a time, and we're excited about the opportunity to play you know Illinois Wesleyan and Alma and those schools because. Uh, same thing like when we went up to Washington. It gives you a chance to, to play uh, some different teams that you're not familiar with and, and see where you're at, and maybe they might expose something that you need to improve on that you know you hadn't seen yet. So we're, uh, we're fired up about it. And before we let you go, let's talk about the SCAC a little bit, the Southern Collegiate Athletic Conference. It has not exactly been um, the behemoth it has been in the last few, you know, prior to this. There are certainly some good teams that have come out of this conference, but the last few years it's been a bit down. Certainly doesn't help with all the changes to the conference has undergone. Um, but Southwestern has reemerged as a team that watch out for. Centenary of Louisiana. Um, obviously, Trinity, Texas has been struggling a little bit, but they seem to maybe be making a, a comeback, at least in basketball in general. And women's teams certainly have been, been good. Your former uh, mates in Shriner certainly are off to an easy, a nice start this season. What do you expect of the conference when you guys get into it in January? Well, the conference is definitely better um, this year than it was last year, and I think the unique thing about the conference is, you know, you, you mentioned how we only have one senior, which we're excited about, but the unfortunate thing is there's not a whole lot of seniors in the league this year that uh, are producing a whole lot, so everyone really has the majority of their team back moving forward, so I think our league is just going to continue to get better, but, uh, you know, certainly uh, Centenary has been a, a good team. They've been in the championship game the last two years, and uh, Southwestern, like you said, has improved. Shriners doing well. Um, Austin College is uh, undefeated right now, so uh, they they've definitely got some good things going on over there. So it's going to be competitive uh, this year. I think there's a lot of changes. We had a lot of upperclassmen uh, in the conference last year, but uh, we got a lot of talent returning. And you know, I don't really know exactly what to expect uh, because we've we've done well. You know, as a conference, you kind of look at how we've fared against the ASC. And, you know, the last time I checked, I think we had won like two more games against them than they had against us, which is unique. Sure. So I think it, spe it speaks to the strength of our league and how it's getting better. 
And uh, it's definitely going to be a tough, tough conference season. And, of course, you have Colorado out there as well, and we don't really see them until right. until uh, next year. And, uh, you know, I know they beat a, a good Division Two team early on in the season, and uh, they seem to be playing well also. So uh, we're excited to see that the conference is doing better and, uh, you know, ready to use these next next few games to get ourselves as ready as we can to try and win it again this season. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join me, Jimmy. I know I probably will see you in Salem, most likely, whether your team's there or not, uh, as you're one of those many coaches who come to Salem for the championship weekend. And, uh, but congratulations to a terrific start. Obviously, a great finish to last year as well, which you guys are rolling into here. It's for it's great to see. Uh, nice to have you talking about the Bulldogs on a national um, on a national scene. And uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, like everyone uh, mentions, we we appreciate you having us on, and and all the things that you and the others that contribute to Division Three basketball have done. And and kind of speaking on the same lines that you were just talking about with Salem, um, I have had the the chance to get out there. I think three out of the last four years, and and we'll definitely be there again this year. And uh, just want to encourage any of the other Division Three coaches out there that are listening to to try to figure out a way to get out there. I mean, with with you guys putting on a great event, you know, the night before the games start and and the stuff over at Roanoke and just all the events that they have with the, the coaches clinic and uh, just it's a great opportunity to, for us to meet you know people from different regions and you know share ideas and you know maybe even schedule games with each other things yeah. like that and just yeah. you know ce- celebrate division three basketball and you know I'm I'm kind of initiating a charge around here to to get a lot of the guys in our area to to start going out there and make it you know more of a tradition like it is in division one where everyone just goes out there and enjoys themselves and, and just uh you know, has a good time you know, celebrating Division Three basketball. So I would encourage anyone listening to try to get to Salem if you can. Very well said, sir, and I, I, I agree with you entirely, though. I'm not not sure I want to be on an airplane with you gang from Texas going to Salem <laughs> or back for that measure. Uh, Jimmy, thanks so much. Take care. Look forward to uh, watching the Bulldogs the rest of the season. I have a feeling we'll be chatting with you down the road. Sounds great, Dave. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Jimmy Smith joining us. From Texas Lutheran, again, off to a 6-1 and one start. Got a bit of a layoff here. They'll go to Trinity where they'll take on Illinois Wesleyan and Alma before another small break uh, out of conference against Texas Tyler and East Texas Baptist the second time, those games in Tyler, and then they'll hit conference play on January 2nd, starting with Southwestern. We still got a lot more to jam into this show. When we come back, we're going to jump into some women's basketball. We'll go up from Texas to Maine. Huh? Yeah. University of New England's Anthony... Ewing will join us, the 10th-ranked uh, uh, Nor'easters will join us to talk about that. And we still have to go back to Rochester to talk to Geneseo State women's basketball, talk to Rochester men's basketball, and wrap it all up with J.C. to last before we wrap up the show. That's all going to take place in the next oh, hour or so. So stay tuned. Got plenty to cover. You're watching Hoops. Hoops is by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. If you've got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoops. Email us Hoops at D3Hoops.com. Or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. More Hoopsville right after this. Division three allows you to be able to give yourself to other things. Not even just participate in them, but really get involved with them if you want to. There's a lot of interaction. Um, it's not just sitting back, taking notes. You're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major. Choosing a Division three school, I've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus. Division three in athletics, you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate, 
in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics on the campus. And to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball, it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville. I think I threw in a bonus. Um, I think I threw in a bonus D3 Hoops ad there by accident. The setup for that wasn't exactly set up correctly. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the ad. It's got to get changed. I know it's old. We'll fix it. Hopefully, in the in, in the uh, bit of our break here at the holidays, I can get a little bit of work like that done, even create an open for the show. Uh, we obviously want to move forward on, on our fundraising efforts again. Um, so we got a lot of work to do in the next few weeks as we look to upgrade the show. But we added these Sunday shows to this. Uh, we have not had a chance to have this many shows in the early part of the season in the history of Hoopsville. Uh, so we are thrilled. We added, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, at least, maybe six shows to the beginning of the year. So we're certainly glad to be doing that. But as a result of that, we had less time to kind of put all our ducks in a row. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. I'll scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Got a lot jammed in already. Talked a lot about men's basketball. Well, it's time to switch over to some women's basketball because there's a lot going on there. We didn't really talk about the top 25, but certainly more losses in the top 25 than I'm used to seeing on the women, especially early on. The uh, Those receiving votes is full of losses. Um, let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 22 losses in the of receiving votes category. Now, Christopher Newport lost twice. St. John Fisher lost twice. Marietta Lebanon Valley lost. Uh, Wisconsin Lutheran lost twice. Geneseo lost um, to Roberts Wesleyan in Division II. We'll talk about that game coming up. Eastern Connecticut lost twice. Plattsburgh lost twice. Catholic lost again. They're 2-4, if you can believe it. John Carroll lost twice. Austin lost twice. Claremont Mudscripts lost. So did Bethel. And Cortland State lost twice. It was all about losing twice. What the heck is that all about? 
However, one team that did lose this week, but you can't really knock them for it until you see the next result, which will make it curious, and we'll certainly talk about that, is University of New England. Of course, University of New England last season, 24-6, and a year before that, 27-3. and They've been in the conversation, but they've been buried because the NESCAC and the NUMAC and everybody else in New England is pretty darn good. I think maybe New England is finally saying, hey, don't forget about us in Biddeford, Maine. And so we decided to talk to Coach Anthony Ewing earlier than we normally have in the season, but that's because they've gotten a couple of big wins and are off to a terrific start. So start joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is their head coach, and it is Anthony Ewing. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Thank you very much. It's great to be on with you, Dave. And, yeah, it's nice to be on in December rather than the normal February, but I, I do appreciate it either way. I know you said something, but unfortunately my lovely earpiece popped out of my ear and I missed the entire thing, but who cares? I'm sure it was eloquent. Um, <laughs> um, just want to say, uh, you know, obviously a great start to the season for you guys. Uh, a win over Southern Maine, granted a, a Southern Maine program in transition, but still a good win. A dominating win over Bates, 101-46. to 46. Uh, Was there free pizza? Was Papa John's sponsor of 100 points or something? I don't know. Um, big win over Bowden, who certainly had a struggle to start this season. Beat them by 20. Then, uh, unfortunately, lose to Tufts, 55-43. Nobody really kind of shrugged. You know, no one disappointed maybe in that. Tufts is a really good team. You beat Wentworth. You beat Western New England. But then the news comes that Bowden beat Tufts, and it wasn't close. First off, let's talk about your season. How do you like what you saw? So far, so good, Dave. You know, we, we're uh, we're a little senior-heavy this year, which is great, which is different for us to have so many, you know, senior leaders at once. But um, we've kind of stepped, kept to the same game plan here. We're trying to take care of the basketball, um, you know, really limit turnovers and keep other teams off, off the glass and try to get more possessions, more shots up than your opponents. Usually a good formula. And like you mentioned, that Tufts game, that's the – the one game where we didn't hold to that uh we turned it over too much gave them way too many offensive rebounds and you know if you're going to do that you better shoot really really well to win and we didn't do that either so uh like you say they're a very very good team and, and tough at home and you know that's the one we dropped of course lost to toughs uh at home last season 63 58 in the second game of the season also got a win over southern maine also got a win over Bowden, uh though it was close lost to bates interestingly enough uh, last year, then went into conference play and struggled just a little bit, though you did lose to Colby out of conference, but lost to Endicott, lost to Roger Williams before making the NCAA tournament and then being unceremoniously, I apologize, but that's the best description I could find, unceremoniously uh, punted from the tournament by FDU Florham. How much has that game and that finish of the season stuck with the, uh, you and the team as you started the season? Well, honestly, I would say... I would say not at all. You know, we're really focused on this year. You know, you know, we don't talk about defending our, our conference title or getting back to the tournament. It's all about this year. Every year is different. Every team is different. And we're really focused on what we have to do this year to accomplish what we want to accomplish. And, you know, FDU Forum is, is a great team. It was, it was a tough place to play. Um, it was, you know, packed hostile gym. It was a great atmosphere. It was a lot of fun for the kids. And, you know, as always, a learning lesson. And, uh, but we're really focused on, on what we have to do this year to, to do what we want to do. You're ranked 10th. Obviously, the rankings came out before you took the loss to, to Tufts. Um, how their loss to Bowden plays into this, we'll see. But what is, what's it like to know you're 10th in the country um, after putting countless 21 seasons together and flying under the radar for the most part? 
What's it like? Yeah, I'm saying what's what's the what's is it for you on campus? What's it like with the team? What's it like personally to know that this team is getting this respect nationally? Uh, it, it, it's great. Like you, like you said, Dave, you know, we've been grinding away 20 win seasons. And, you know, we, we usually, you know, we'll, we'll sneak on the back end of the pole, you know, late, you know, once you get, once you get up around 23, 25 wins. And it, it's nice to be here early and, and see what happens. You know, we did drop the, the game at Tufts, and we'll see what happens with that. You know, losing to the third-ranked team isn't, isn't terrible. Um Obviously, and, and Bowden beating Tufts isn't, isn't entirely shocking either. Bowden um, is, is really good. Um, I know they have a couple losses. One of those losses, um, they didn't have their head coach at the game, right. and the other one was to us, and they just they shot really poorly. Um, but they're, they're great inside, and, and Bowden, and when their guards are hitting, which they have been the last few, they're, they're going to be really, really hard to beat, and I think that'll that'll bear out down the stretch here. But enough about Bowden. Um, <laughs> we're really we're we're really pleased uh, with where we're at and the attention we're getting. You know, like we talk about what the polls mean, and and, and it just means you have to work hard, and you, the target gets bigger. And you know, our kids don't shy away from that. We don't shy away from the expectations. We we talk about them. We talk about what 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 every game means and and how it fits into the big picture. And uh, we don't ignore it and just put our head down and work. We 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 know, and it's one of, one of our things we talk about, Dave, is being able to function with pressure. So we don't shy away from the pressure because you know if you can't learn to function with it when it when you start to feel it end of the season you won't react real well. So we we, we try to play with that pressure every game. Um, you know, highest ranking ever at number ten. Uh, just to to be fair, number sixteen in the WBCA USA Today uh, coaches poll. Um, obviously, you've had success there. Um, seven straight, I think it is, 20-win seasons, which is only one of uh, six programs in the country with that streak actively going. Um, obviously, the conference is the conference, and I know there's a lot of them tuning in from the conference, but the conference hasn't exactly been, you know, it's it's not the new Mac, and it's certainly not the NESCAC. Um, but you guys have proven yourselves. So how much is it about shaking off what maybe a lot of people have as, as – um, uh, predetermined thoughts on how good you may be and how good the conference may or may not be. Yeah. I, you know, I, we, you know, I think the conference is, is, is really good. You know, and I'm, and I'm just saying that because we're on the, we're on the air. I, the conference is real <laughs> solid. It's, it's extremely solid. And I think it bears out where you look at, you look at our conference games and we're not, we, we, there's some blowouts, but we're not blowing people out, you know, week in, week out. We have some tough, we have tough games. And then when we play, these high, you know, ranking teams out of conference, we do well there too. So it's, it's, it'd be different if if it was just like a cakewalk getting through our conference season. It, it, just, it really isn't, and we do schedule the toughest teams we can schedule out of conference. Like you, you mentioned, Southern Maine, we play three NESCAC schools every year. St. St. Joseph's is one of the top teams in the GNAC, um, and we're you know we're going down to Puerto Rico next week. We're going to play uh, Wisconsin Whitewater and uh, Concordia, Wisconsin, two undefeated teams currently. Um, so we'll we'll see where we're at. You know, it's a constant battle for for respect. But I think you know we've had moderate success in the NCAA tournament, and you know, it's not like we're the CCC team that gets the bid and gets wiped out first round. You know, it's just not it's not who we are. It's not really where our conference is. Uh, you know, two out of the last four years, uh, we've been a two bid conference. Mm-hmm. Um, that which kind of gets you know, yeah. that's also under the under the radar. So you know, I think I think it's stronger than. Then it looks, and you know, I'd be happy to put the CCC against any conference, you know, like an ACC Big Ten challenge type deal, and we'll go 
head to head and, and see where we're at. There you go. I, I don't mind that idea either. I'd love to see it. Um, you talk about your team, and obviously senior laden. Uh, you've got four seniors on it, and two of the two of them are one are your top three scorers. Uh, led by Alana Vos, uh, 14.5 points a game, five rebounds a game, shoots 36 from the floor. Uh, junior center Alicia Brown is second on the team at 13.5 points a game, nearly five rebounds a game. Um, by the way, I should mention Vos obviously shoots outside a lot, but Brown shoots 49% from the floor. And then the other senior, Lauren Hayden, is your third player on the uh, on the stat sheet, 9.2 points a game, six rebounds uh, a game, and obviously hands out second most assists on the team. You, you certainly got a nice trio there, but when you look at the stats, there's a number of players who played six games, and there's a number of players contributing in other ways. Yeah, that that's really who, who we are, Dave. We're we're uh, like a couple of coaches have spoken tonight on the show. You know, different people each night stepping up. Um, we're not a one-trip pony where, like, Alana's not being score if she doesn't shoot well, which and she has has in the last couple of games. Um, she shot really poorly for her. Cause she is. One of the best pure shooters you'll see um, shot real poorly, and we've you know we've managed to other people have managed to step up. You know um, Megan Gribben down there, who hasn't been scoring since like four a game, but her assist turnover ratio is is what you want to see out of a point guard. Um, she's always one of the tops in the nation. I think she was top five in the country last year in assist turnover. Assist turnover and uh, um, Sadie DePiro, who doesn't get a lot of publicity because she's always in the middle of the pack and a lot of those stats, but. If you look, she's played the most minutes of everybody. She's the kid you just kind of have to have out there. She's kind of like the the heart and soul of the team. She's gloved. A lot of times she's the emotional center of the team, which is immensely important for us. And we're getting contributions from a lot of different people. Um, want to talk a little bit about the roster. It's something that I know having um, spent some of my adolescence in Maine. Um, you have a lot of Maine representatives on this squad. No surprise being in Biddeford. You also have some from Massachusetts, New Hampshire, uh, one who apparently got lost from Virginia. Lauren, we need to talk. Uh, I'm not sure how you go from Chantilly, Virginia, to Biddeford, Maine, but Lauren, uh, we'll talk someday. Um, but how much is the Maine State Tournament, you know, the East, East and West in February and then the, the state championships, how much do you and the other coaches in Maine at Colby and Bates – and 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 southern maine and elsewhere tap into those tournaments and how much do you take advantage of being able to go to was it augusta for you guys or, or is it portland and i know it's bangor for the east how much do you tap into those and take advantage of those timings to find players for your teams well i'll be completely honest at, at that point when you're looking at the seniors and it's that you're late in the right. year you're just going to see the kids you're going to support the kids that maybe have committed or, or, or just about right. to commit but if if you're lucky, and we've been fortunate to be, we're still playing at that point when those tournaments go in Maine, they happen. We're still in practice. If you've made postseason, yep. Um, and I can't practice during the day um, just because I'll be missing too many kids from class. But uh, um, so I don't I don't get to go to all of them that I would love to go. But when I do get to go, you do get to see your your peers, and it's just really nice to see them. But uh, it's really you know, and and Maine. Yeah, you probably know Maine high school basketball is it's, it's big time. It's, it's like well attended. It, it's it's a big deal, and it's nice to go and see the kids perform in that in that atmosphere. But uh, um, this day day tournaments is where we're identifying you know the, the prospects mostly, and then you know you're just going to support the kids you're recruiting at those things. Maine basketball is like Indiana basketball. People don't realize it. It's 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 deep. 
uh, in Maine. It's something I found very interesting, especially how big hockey is. Basketball in Maine is a big deal. Hey, one other thing I wanted to talk about was your was your schedule because between now and January 5th, you will play two games. Uh, unfortunately, they're in Puerto Rico. I really feel bad for you from Maine uh, playing Puerto Rico. Uh, of course, you'll play Wisconsin-Whitewater. Mm, not too shabby. You also play Concordia-Wisconsin. So, interesting enough, Maine and Wisconsin schools getting together in Puerto Rico. Um, interesting quirk with your schedule. You have a month here where you only play two games. How do you keep it? It's been a common question in the last week to coaches. How do you keep everybody focused? How do you keep on task? Well, I mean, it's, it's trust. It's just trust and you hope that, you know, right now the kids are entering finals week. Um, here at Uni, it's a little bit earlier than a lot of the schools, so we don't play or practice this week at all. The kids are going to be working out on their own, um, doing their own thing, keeping in shape, and then we'll bring them back and we'll, we'll have a couple of sessions before we head to Puerto Rico and and we're going to play two fantastic teams um, without a lot of lead-up prep. And then they'll go back home again, and then we'll bring them back for a few days before that that first game, second semester. So um, it, you really got to trust that the you know, the identity of your program has, has trickled down to all the younger kids, and they're going to understand that they got to you know keep in, in tip-top shape and ready to go. So when we get back, and because um, we you know those are big games down in Puerto Rico. The kids understand it's not just a, a vacation for us to go, you know, get some sun. We, we have a couple big games to play against uh, top opponents. And, either, you know, like you say, it's a respect thing. We'll be fighting for respect, and, and hopefully um, people from, you know, around the country will understand um, what we're about. Of course, uh, Whitewater currently the 20th-ranked team in the country. And I have those games down as 9 o'clock games. Is that the case? I, I think one – I think one is at 10 a.m. and one's at noon. That's well, that's for you guys. Have. Yeah, so backing up, I'm right. That's East Coast. It's 9 o'clock um, and then 11 o'clock. Still early, though. Yeah, real early. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of teams going down from the Division Two teams, men's teams. There's a, a bunch of games going on, and we just happened to draw um, some of the early games. Um, the kids are real bummed out because, you know, that'll leave them the rest of the day to, to, <laughs> to enjoy, enjoy Puerto Rico. Yeah, but, um, I feel horrible. Really, I <laughs> do. Terrible. Uh, I, yeah, terrible. That's the right word. Terrible. And then they go home for Christmas. I mean, horrible. Just horrible. Terrible. Uh, horrible like coaching. Horrible for scheduling here, Coach. <laughs> hey, well, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, certainly off to a tremendously good start on what has already been good seasons under your wing anyway. Um, obviously, Whitewater and, and Concordia coming up on the 20th and 21st, and then you get into conference play or get back into conference play on January 5th against Gordon. Uh, as you probably have heard on the show, and as you probably know from past appearances, I always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, again, I want to thank you. I appreciate the, the attention. And, you know, I know you just got back from Rochester, <laughs> and you're headed to Texas in a bit. And we would love, you know, we'd love to have you up to Maine. I know Pat came through. Yep. And he, he was gracious enough to stop in and see us at UNE. But we'd love to roll the red carpet out for you and have you up to to Maine for a game and uh, and really, you know, get back to your main roots there you were talking about. Yeah. I promise you I will look into it. Uh, I almost pulled it off last year. Uh, I have beeped at you guys as I've gone by uh, on vacation, uh, especially last Christmas. I, I beeped and said hello. Um, yeah, uh, there's also a trip to Vegas coming in here, so i got to figure out some details. But uh, trust me, New England and Maine, part of that list. Uh, I'll see what I can do. But thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Uh, Anthony Ewing, once again, from the 10th-ranked Nor'easters. By the way, that's the other thing I love about that team, Nor'easters. 
Who didn't? How is there only one school that came up with their mascot being nor'easters anywhere between Maine and Maryland? It's a no-brainer, folks. Anyway, uh, congratulations to a good start from them. When we come back, we go back to Rochester, where I spent uh, the weekend at the 50th and final Wendy's College Classic. We talk women's basketball with Geneseo State uh, women's basketball coach. Um, don't you hate it when you do that? Right there, right there where your brain just goes, oh, we've been working for umpteenth hours. You don't want us to do what now? Remember names? That is not physically possible. Um, I apologize, Matt. Uh, my brain just literally shut down uh, right there, folks. You got to watch it live if you were watching. Uh, we talked to uh, Scott Hemmer. I said Matt, too, which is even dumber. Scott Hemmer from Geneseo State. We'll talk to him. Looking forward to that. We talked to uh, Rochester men's basketball coach Luke Flakertsky. Uh, We'll also talk to J.C. DeLast, East Region reporter, and then wrap up the show. It's all still ahead. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. If you have any questions for us, tweet us, email us, or Facebook us. You know how to do it. We'll be back with more Hoops right after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Division three schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the student athlete needs to maintain that GPA. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division three. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport and don't get that experience. Being a Division three athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely put my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus, but more recognition nationwide. I did win the Jostens Trophy, which is based on leadership, academics, and then how well you do on the court. I'm also the Schwartz Scholar of my class. Schwartz Scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's identified as a likely leader. And the other day, it won't matter how they play on the field, it will matter how they do in the classroom. I am now joined by Scott Hemmer, head coach for Geneseo. First and foremost, nice to see you in person. Good seeing uh, you too. Uh, Thanks for making your way upstate New York. Absolutely. We talked great. about it before. We have. Nice, we nice talked a lot about it. Hey, it took the 50th and final on the men's side of the Wendy's class for 23rd, 24th of the women's yeah, to get me up yep. here. But I uh, certainly enjoyed coming up here. Get a chance to see you guys obviously in action and other teams. Obviously taking on uh, Robert Wesleyan in the second, or uh, a D2 team in the championship. That's why we're talking to you yeah. versus whoever won it. Sure. Tough game. 
you guys got down 17 late in the third quarter and came roaring back, had a chance to win it, and just couldn't get the ball. Yeah, couldn't shoot the ball much worse today for two-thirds <laughs> of the game. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that that's frustrating. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about what we could control today, and especially as that game went on. And, you know, I thought defensively we, we went through a lapse in the early in the second half or in the third quarter when we you know we, we just weren't aggressive and we played a little timid and they attacked us and you know we switched to zone and, and that's not who we are but we switched to zone a little bit and uh, you know we, we did a pretty good job they worked hard and I thought offensively our mindset changed though I thought you know we got a few few baskets to fall and the kids confidence started to turn a little bit we started to play more and a little bit more aggressive and I, I think that was a big difference for us getting back into the game at the end I have a feeling knowing how the game ended you're going to be working on end of game scenarios <laughs> it's hard you know we, you didn't even know one minute's a 30 second timeout the next is a full timeout then we're back to a 30 yeah. and um, yeah you know I we, we can't give up the offensive rebound I mean right. if, if you don't give up the offensive rebound and you call timeout you advance the ball with 20 seconds left or whatever it was on the clock and you know you're down one and uh, you know it didn't work out that way and and uh, you know it is what it is you can't go back and change that I, I think for us um, I think the big thing for us is what we can take from this week. And, and we spend a lot of time talking about this tournament every year um, in terms of learning about who we are and, and who we can be. And I, I think last year we learned a lot because we, we severely under underperformed. And I think this year uh, they learned that when they work hard and they work mentally tough, um, that they can play with anybody. Well, that's the thing. You come in here two and one. You leave here two and one from this, making it four sure. and two overall. Uh, you guys do play the kind of every other day thing, so you didn't exactly have to kill yourself on the yeah, back of the back yeah, like the sure, men did. Sure. But what does this? I mean, obviously, you said you're better prepared coming out of this, probably. But what do you take from a game like tonight, from the tournament that you had? Already in your head, as we're talking about minutes after the game, do you have in your head to say, okay, this is what we need to work on in the next few weeks as we get ready for the, the real grind? Yeah, well, I, I think it's our mindset as much as anything else. Um, you know, they believed that that if they worked hard, they could beat Rochester. You know, I, I mean, Rochester's very good. Uh, the, their inside game uh, with the, the big girl, 42, is is. It's dominating, and um, you know we came in and held her to six points, and um, you know then you came out today and you played a very athletic team, and and somebody who's twice as athletic for us as us, and we were able to uh, we were able to hang in there. You can probably hear the men's team from Rochester getting ready to take the floor for their championship game. We'll be talking to their head coach coming up as well. What else? What else you well, got? In I you know I I I think that between learning that when we play hard and we play smart, you know in the first game, and then learning that. You know, no matter how much adversity we face, if we, if we keep battling, we can get ourselves back into anything. I, I think we can use both of those things to to use as as kind of the baseline for us moving forward. And if, and, and if we're failing to get there, why? You know, yeah. Because I think they demonstrated the last two games that we can we can play at a very high level. Let's talk a little bit about your team. First and foremost, <laughs> Leah Selviarski, who obviously got a lot of uh, headlines last year for you know coming back from an incredible health condition. Mm -hmm. Uh, has been playing with you guys. Missed these games, though. Uh, give us a little bit of a background. You don't have to go into detail, but just why is she not here? And, and we expect her back, correct? This is not an injury related. No, scenario. no. Leah spent the last couple. She did play in the first round game, started for us. Um, she started uh, the majority of her games this year uh, at the forward position. And, uh, you know, as we discussed last year, and, and you know, d3hoops.com spent a lot of time covering Leah's story. Um, the liver transplants, right. surviving odds, overcoming the odds, and and you know the recovery period, and and getting back to not only a, a normal lifestyle, but being able to play again. 
Uh, she's out in Colorado, uh, received a very prestigious uh, comeback human being type yeah. award, and uh, uh, it's an amazing story. And how do you how do you ask the kid not to go, accept right. that award, and stay back for two games? But again, you know, as much as you know, Leah's an amazing leader, and, and losing that piece hurts. Um, nice opportunity for someone like Katie Vino right. to step into her place and, and really step up and play well. So again, that, that's a little bit of what we we learned yeah. about ourselves this week, and it all played in. Well, played and if you have an now. injury scenario, obviously you're gonna have to play with that. Sure. Vino makes it onto the, the all tournament team. Yeah, she played great. Played very well. Let's talk a bit about the rest of the team. You lost McGinnis last year, obviously a big loss, 15, sure. almost 16 points a game, 11 and a half rebounds a game. A steal and a half a game. Peterson, you lost her five points a game as well. Mm -hmm. McKenna's back, uh, nearly 14 points a game going into tonight, seven rebounds mm -hmm. and three blocks a game. Cohan, nine and a half points a game, three and a half rebounds a game, 1.6 assists a game. We talked about Leah. Now you have some other parts that are starting to show. You guys have some depth to this squad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think, and we talked about this last year, I think depth is, and balance is uh, really a strength of our program. I think in a lot of ways you have to pick your poison when you play Geneseo. Um, you know, and, and last year, obviously, you lose McGinnis, uh, you know, first-team All-American. She's, you know, third all-time in, in scoring, number one rebounder in school history. I, I mean, you lose somebody like that, it, it's it's a challenge to replace. Right. But we certainly have the depth to do that. Um, you know, Biz Reinhardt left, McGinnis, those two were, were huge energy people for us. And, and we missed that piece of it. And Katie was as solid as a role, of a role player as we've had here. She could play with her back to the basket. She could hurt you on the perimeter. You lose some of that, it, it, it hurts. But we've been able, for the most part, to step the pieces back in and, and pick up where we left off. And, you know, as you said, you got McKenna back and, and you've got uh, Cohen back. And, and I, I think, for the most part, our junior guard, that spread of, of Hoopert and Ryan and Kavanaugh and Duran, you know, they keep coming at you and we can keep bringing them in in waves and, and we don't drop off. And so that depth and, and that balance is, is really uh, our strength. And if you, if you, you know, leave them on the perimeter, they can hurt you most nights, not tonight. <laughs> yeah, a little rough tonight. But, but most nights. But, but again, if you take away our inside, uh, which, you know, you kind of have to with, with Allie in there um, and now Katie Viano. Yeah. Um, wow. There's going to be opportunities. Yeah, three for, for three for nineteen from beyond the arc. Nothing. I suspect no, three-point no. shooting practice will be. Yeah, uh, we got some more. Got some things to work. Yeah, on. exactly. Um, the other thing too is, listen, you know, Leah's story was great last year, but the NCAA tournament run was a great story for the Knights. As sure. Well. You know, that, getting that experience for this squad. Mm. How much can you? Can, I still ask this question of coaches this time of year. How much can you go back to that and tap into it? Well, I, you know, I, I think some of the leadership that you know comes from that I, I think it takes your whole mindset to another level I, I know sure. I know for our players they now have a whole nother view of uh, or, or I guess maybe maybe the better way to say it is a whole nother level of expectations for themselves sure. and um, I, I think that experience last year and making that run and, and you know again learning what you could be um, I, I think that we had a lot of kids back from that run and not just a lot of players who were on the team but a lot of kids that play and, and gave solid contributions to that and um, you know I think the expectation changes in the program and I had another coach in our area um, Dan Raymond at, at Ithaca who's had a lot of mm -hmm. success himself and, and Dan said to me you know you'll, you'll, you'll see that change in your program and it has our, our kids have a little bit higher expectations now at this point and, and that's a credit to the, the people who have helped build that pro, you know the program up to that point and what they did last year thanks to the run in the NCAA tournament thanks to the fact you're off to a four and two start there's a nice big target on you guys in the yeah. SUNYAC uh, especially in the SUNYAC but obviously everywhere but in the SUNYAC what do you guys expect from this conference this year well I, I think um, I, I 
we, we talked about that from day one, you know, that they had to understand that not just with the conference, but coming out and playing, um, you know, for the last, as, as we tried to turn this program around over the last five, six years yeah. to get it to this point. Um, you know, this is my ninth season. The first two, we were getting our feet wet, and then, yeah. we, then we turned. And as we as we tried to grow, you know, when you when you were able to beat a, a University of Rochester or a Cortland or, or travel out and beat a Lewis and Clark or Whitman, you know, those were exciting opportunities for us because we got to play against some of the big dogs. And you know, understanding now that people are going back and looking at that tournament and saying, hey, there's SUNY Geneseo, they're on our schedule. Yeah. You're, you're getting everybody's best shot and you can't go through motions anymore. You might have been able to get away with some of those days and, and you can't anymore because everybody's bringing, bringing their A game against you. So we understand that. I'm trying to get them to respect that. I think uh, I think our conference has gotten better the last few years and I know that, that tends to be coach speak, but um, I, I've watched the middle shrink in yeah. our conference and yeah. um, you look at scores and some of these middle Teams Keep are talking, going I'm out. just pulling you a little bit more in frame. Some of those middle teams are going out and uh, sure. you know really being able to uh, to beat some pretty good programs. And so I, I'm expecting a lot more balance. Last year we ended up 17 and one, I think yeah. overall, and 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 only suffered one loss. Uh, I I don't think anybody's going to have an easy run for it this year. I don't think our kids. Um, our kids believe that anyone's going to hand it to us, but uh, I, I think they understand that the program. We now are at a point where we expect to at least compete for it every game. And, and um, you know, if, if we can do that, I'm, I'm hoping we win a lot more than we lose. I'm going to take advantage of when coaches have to vote in preseason polls and not allowed to vote for themselves. I'm taking advantage of that by saying, if you aren't winning this conference, who is? Whew. I, you know, I, I look at last year, you know, Cortland was right there. Yeah. They've, they, they have some pieces back. They brought in a couple transfer kids that are really good. Uh, New Paltz, I mean, their style of play, they're coming at you for 40 minutes. Um, they've got most of their, their pieces back. Uh, they're, they're beating some good teams. Um, you know, I, I, you could go down. I, I, you know, Fredonia's going to be so much better, and, and Buff State, even though they've got a new coach, they almost beat Cortland last night. Yeah. Oneana, they, they defend as well as, as, well as anybody. Um, and Plattsburgh, I mean, what did they do? They beat... Um, they beat Bowden and back uh, yes. week one or week two, and, yes. and right. you know they, they just beat St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence is a good program. I mean, I, I don't. So think you're saying everybody's going to win it? You can't. You can't <laughs> overlook anybody. I yeah. think you know you yeah. play everybody twice in our conference, and and yeah. I think our yeah. conference is going out and scheduling some tough out of conference opponents, Absolutely. and and having success. I, I I don't think this is anyone's to just walk away with. That's for sure. You segue nicely for me. You talk about scheduling. This is the final Wendy's Classic. Yes, as it, was. as it exists. For nine years, you've been used to three games being taken up. Maybe yes. not all of them against D3s. Yes. Part of the reason it's going away is because of the Robert Wesleyan scenario. Sure. More on their end, too, because they have the same problem you guys do. Everyone wants you to play in your division. Right. What do you now do? How do you replace these three games? Are you going to take on that still the Rochesters and the, and, the, and the others who take part in this tournament, the William Smiths? Are you going to find other games? And by the way, what's it like to now have to go schedule three more games? We, we haven't gotten we haven't gotten deep into that yet. I think I'm about to find out. But yeah, I think we're gonna try uh, we're gonna try to play at least one or two of the opponents in this tournament. But um, I also want us to be able to get out and uh, you know get, get some exposure outside sure. of just upstate New York. Um, 
you know, we, we went out to Oregon a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, we've gone out to Ohio. Um, this year we went down to Maryland. You know, I think it's good for us to get out and, and get some of that exposure, and, and we're going to keep doing that. So I guess I'm going to find out how difficult that is pretty soon because I'm a little behind in the scheduling piece. But uh, I'll, I'll, know, we're, we're looking to get out and play a little I'm bit. I'm going to be a little bit shameless. There's this great tournament in Vegas called the D3Hoops.com Classic. <laughs> um, just letting you know, it happens between Christmas and New Year's. It's a wonderful event. I think we would love to go if uh, go. if you could call my administration and, and they can come up with some fun. I've we heard will it's be, not we bad. will be I've, there. I've heard it's not that bad priced. Um, but speaking of the classic, yeah. your memories of this, what will you miss about this? I, I really think every year this tournament gave us, it, it was kind of that launching pad for us. We, we really learned a lot about ourselves. It, it's not an easy week. Exams are always right on the horizon. Kids are stressed with that piece. Um, so they already have that mental fatigue, and, and this becomes a real test for them, both physically and mentally. And I think we were always willing to use this week to learn who we were, sure. and uh, good and bad, yeah. and, and both ways. You know, and last year it was it was the bad, and you know that helped launch us into the 19-game yeah. win streak second semester. And this year it was the good, and maybe for this group that's good that they saw some of that. So, you know, we'll certainly miss a little bit of that piece of figuring out who we were. It was a good it was a good way to end the semester for us and. And learn. Well, I appreciate you taking time to join us. As you know, I always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with anybody you might be watching? No, very, uh, you know, very happy to, to be a part of this tournament. Sorry that uh, that its run has come to an end, um, but very appreciative that you and, and D3 Hoops took time to, to come up here and, and check us out. I think uh, I think the East Region is uh, is a little bit better than, than people think mm -hmm. sometimes, and uh, so it's great when you guys are up here and take a look and check us out. So thanks for the support. Thank you for uh, taking right. the time. I appreciate it, Scott. Thank Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to be back with more from the Wendy's Classic. We'll talk to Rochester men uh, coming up next. You're watching Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Division III allows you to be able to give yourself to other things. Not even just participate in them, but really get involved with them if you want to. There's a lot of interaction. Um, it's not just sitting back, taking notes. You're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major. Choosing a Division III school, I've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus. Division III in athletics you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics on the campus and to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball, it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. 
Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoops Hall. I'm Dave McEwer here in Rochester. Obviously not live. We're taped here after the Wendy's Classic, and I'm now joined by Rochester head coach Luke Flakursky. First and foremost, tough loss against a pretty good Robert Wesleyan squad that you guys gave 12 points to start. Yeah, we, we, we spotted them. Right? Yeah. We, we didn't really come uh, ready to play, and, and we weren't really focused, especially on the defensive end of the floor, and they got off to a fast start. Uh, part of that's they're a tough team to guard. You know, they, they presented a lot of tough matchups for us, and uh, really not happy with that part of it. Yeah. But I was I'm very pleased with how our team responded and, and, and battled all the way back in the 40 minutes and gave ourselves a chance to win it. you got to be also thrilled that this team is playing pretty good basketball right now yeah. before you get into the meteor conference in the UAA. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that's what I said in our locker room. You know, it was a tough loss, and I, I think the biggest takeaway for our team is the importance of each possession and, and playing a full 40 minutes. And uh, playing in the UAA, you got to play 40 yeah. minutes if you want to win. UAA has been tough. We'll talk about that in a minute, but your team's got some toughness to it. Um, Seltzer, Jared Seltzer looks like a guy who's going to battle you inside, and then he's going to step out yeah. and kill you with a three-pointer. Um, Boris Smith, he's just got that edge to him. Uh, we saw it tonight, and it seemed to spark you guys at just the right time. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously those are our uh, two big horses right now, and they're playing very good basketball. And, you know, I, I think we've shown a lot of uh, signs of other people stepping up and playing key roles for us moving forward. But uh, couldn't, you know, be happier with the way those two guys played throughout the whole Wendy's College Classic and, and proud of their efforts. Unfortunately, Seltzer had the shot at the end that, that would have done it. Just just off, I know it hurt for him, but that's that's something I'm sure you're going to go back to him again on. Absolutely. You know, our whole team wanted him to have that shot. Yeah. The way he was playing, the way he was shooting, uh, the way we played, we couldn't have asked for a better look or a better person taking sure. it. And, you know, you get some of those, you, you miss some of those. And so he, he needs to move on. He's going to win what game for us this year. This is obviously the final Wendy's Classic. Uh, played on your home floor, which is always a nice, and, of course, the plethora of the environment was awesome. What has this tournament meant to you guys as a program? What's it meant to the school and, and the city? Yeah, well, we've, we've been fortunate. We've won it the most. Yes, so you it's have. A, it's a good place to be. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I can't say enough about the tournament. Uh, the 18 current field uh, that we have couldn't be more competitive, and I think yeah. it really showcases just how good Rochester basketball is. You know, we're lucky because we're on more of a national stage, so yeah. more teams talk about us. But one through eight, top to bottom, uh, we, we proved this year anyone can beat anybody, and, and you really got to show up to play. And and so it's just a great tradition. You know, it has been. Uh, you know, so much local support. Uh, so many great games. Uh, you know, we had three of them. Uh, yeah. Every every team had three of them. It seemed like this this yeah. year, and it was a special way to go out. Yeah, you had a fight in that semifinal against RIT. I mean, there's a team that, you know, early on struggled, gets a big win to, over St. John Fisher just to get out of the first round, and then puts you guys to the wire in the semifinals. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, one through eight. Uh, yeah. There's not an off night. Uh, so many one possession games in this tournament. If you look at the box scores and. Uh, I think, again, it just shows the strength of the local basketball in Rochester. When you when you talk about this classic, you're going to have to replace them now in the schedule. There's three games you've got to go find. What do you do with that? I mean, you're already national with the UAA, so we got that. But now you got some flexibility. Are you going to keep some of the teams in this thing, or are you going to try and look elsewhere and try and shake up your schedule a bit? Yeah, you know, I don't want to speak to the specifics. Sure, so no. There's some, uh, we've agreed in some form or fashion to move forward with part of the teams that participate in the tournament oh. and more of a local classic. And you know, I think that'll be a good way to move on. Um, you know, we, we want to play the local teams anyways. Yeah. And so I think that'll be the bulk of our, our to replace the schedule games that we're missing. And your favorite memory from this event has been? 
Uh, I've only won it once, so. This uh, is your favorite uh, yeah, memory. That was my favorite memory. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Jared Seltzer and Dylan Peretz, yeah. our senior, their freshman year, were able to win it here in the Palestra, uh, and that was a really special moment. Uh, hoping to get another one tonight, but uh, unfortunately it didn't go our way. Let's talk about the conference a bit. This is a beast, but it's interesting because it feels like the top has come back to the middle just a little bit. WashU doesn't seem as strong as they normally are. Chicago, who is picked, has struggled a little bit in the early season. Um, you know, but Emory has struggled a little bit. But you've got Brandeis, who's reemerged. Case Western's reemerged. Carnegie Mellon, you got to watch out for. NYU, you never know. And you guys seem to be back into the conversation after maybe struggling a little bit in conference for a few years. Is this conference just a free for all this season? I think so. You know, I, I think it has been for a while. Yeah. I don't know if it's because the top teams are getting worse. You know, they'll all no, not necessarily worse, but maybe coming back to the pack just a little bit talent-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they'll, everyone will find their stride. And, yeah. uh, you know, everything I said about the eight teams in Rochester, uh, I think is magnified in the UAA. You know, we go one through eight, and there's not a single off night. And it's a very incredibly well-coached league, and you got teams ready to go every night out. So, uh, who do you think? Who do you think can get out of this conference if it's not you guys? Who do you think can come out of it on, you know, on top? It's it's hard to not you know as you said you know you got to go with tradition you yeah. know there's teams that have showed you time and time again yeah. uh, if I didn't if I didn't think they had the best shot I wouldn't be a very quick learner so sure. um, you know I, I think you know everyone our, our preseason poll is fairly accurate I feel and you know I, I think the teams at the top of that probably have the best chance but. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, seasons are long, there's yeah. a lot of changes, injuries, uh, yeah. you know, and, and so you, you never really know who's going to come out of it, especially this year. Yeah, Chicago being the, the one that you guys all went with. I like asking this question of a few coaches, locker rooms just a few, few feet away. If I were to walk in there and look on the board and see what your guys' goals are, what would I see or what would be the top goal on that list? You know, we focus a lot on kind of what makes team successful and I think you look at any level NBA down uh, successful teams are doing the same thing yeah. you know they're, they're playing together they're trusting what they're doing uh, as a group uh, they're valuing possession of the basketball they're rebounding they're defending with foul discipline uh, and those are always kind of the things we focus on and, and, and one or two of those might be more important given a certain opponent but at the end of the day it's, it's about enjoying this experience and, and competing when you're out here on the floor. Before I let you go Cole Center going away a little delayed but it's going away, yeah. that this kind of place kind of becomes the dean of the of the UAA now. Uh, I, I, maybe I'm out of place, but it feels like the Palestra now is the dean of the UAA now. What's it like to play at this yeah. place? Well, I think on a, basketball in general, but definitely in the UAA, this is a, a mecca. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think everyone enjoys playing here. It's a great atmosphere. It's a really special building. And I'll take the, you know, well-kept old tradition we have here yeah. over any new gym. But there's there's a lot of nice facilities in our league. Cole Center being replaced by a whole new building, yeah. <laughs> which is a whole other story. Well, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us. Before I let you go, I do want to ask you about the region. Um, I've asked this about a lot of the coaches. If you feels like it's well it's, it's hard to get a, a, a gauge of it you know there's times where you see St. John Fisher and Oswego State and some others who make the East region seem like it's coming back right and then you also watch some outcomes like St. John Fisher losing two in region you go okay or in this tournament I should say you go okay maybe not is this region struggling to identify itself or is it making a comeback I, I think both. You know, okay. I, I think because it's making a comeback, you know, there is some parity. Uh, similar to our league, I think you got to go with the tradition and then yeah. people have proven uh, proven to be good. And, and I wouldn't 
you go too far against St. John Fisher right now. I think they had a very good run last year, and uh, they've had some injuries early here, and I think that they'll find their way. Um, but you know, yeah, no, it's hard. You know, there's top teams in kind of each league in the East region, and and similar to our league, similar to the Wendy's. You know, yeah. I'm not sure you can really say with certainty who's going to come out of each one. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. As you know, I always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be watching? Uh, you know, I think my thoughts are the same as most coaches. You know, I just I, I think what we do at the Division Three level is really special. I, I think this is uh, kind of the last bastion of being a true student athlete, and I'm yeah. grateful every day for my job that I get to work with these caliber student athletes. But um, you know, you and everyone at D3 Hoops uh, does just such a special job making what we do important, uh, and, and you really add to our student athletes' experience. And I'm very grateful for. That. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, good luck the rest of the season. We'll look forward to watching the Yellow Jackets, especially in conference play. Thanks, Dave. Luke Vakursi from Rochester. Obviously, their team off to a 6-3 and three start after the 50th and final Wendy's Classic. When we come back, I talk to a man who's seen it all in this area. J.C. DeLast joins me. You're watching Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this. What makes D3 special is the ability to participate in my team and within the broader community. The perfect ending to a perfect season. Being a D3 student athlete has completely expanded my life. I learned how to lead. I really found a voice. What time is it? It's more about the experience rather than just a sport itself. Without the experience of being a Division III student athlete, I wouldn't be the person who I am today. NCAA Division III. Discover. Develop. Dedicate. I used to never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Dave McHugh, and I'm now joined by J.C. DeLast. We're still here in Rochester and wrapping up the Wendy's Classic, and I usually get you on the phone, but I'm going to see you in person. First and foremost, thanks for joining me. Well, we're glad you made the trip to Rochester. Happy Absolutely. to have you. I'm glad I made it as well. Let's talk about this tournament, 50th anniversary, but final. Uh, what is this thing it meant? You've been in, obviously, you're from this area. What has this tournament meant on the men's and women's side of this region? Well, in, first and foremost, it's been a great showcase for the local colleges. As you know, sometimes, especially Division three colleges, don't get a lot of publicity. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, the Division One programs or whatever take more of the, the headlines. So this has been that, that one kind of jewel that you could always point to where the kids could get the coverage. And it'll be sad to see it go, but you know, it's so difficult now with scheduling, conferences, that takes precedent. It's become more and more difficult for some of the schools to find the room in their schedule for this event, so I kind of understand how it happened, but I will be sorry to see it go, and I think a lot of the players and the coaches will be sorry to see it go, well, too. And it's moved around a little bit. You know, it used to be in January, kind of had a cool mid-season, like, hey, welcome back to the yeah. to the basketball season. It moved up into November because of those conference challenges. I don't know if it really had a perfect spot. It certainly was a good thing, and, and it mixed and matched. There's a lot of schools yeah. that took part in this. This has been a difficult time of year to do it. I mean, yeah. again, you're get coming right off the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, colleges are getting close to the finals. Yeah. Difficult to draw people out. Now, like you said, when it used to be in January, it was the only game in town. It was right. the only thing happening, and it usually fit in that week uh, of NFL playoffs. It would a lot of times end up in that bye week, so it was perfect. They had to move it again, scheduling conflicts, uh, conferences take precedent. Sorry to see it go. I totally get why. But I'll tell you what, we went out with a bang here in this 50th yeah, yeah. annual. We had two really good championship games. Interesting enough, it's the, it's the D2 team that's in the mix. And a lot of people in Division Three would be like, oh, yeah, because the D3s don't want to play one game against a D2. That's too bad. It's interesting because it's the other way around. The D2s taking the same heat that we talk about in Division yes. Three about playing non-countable games. I mean, it counts way into the criteria. But right. in the real bulk of it, it's a game that doesn't count. they got to play three. Exactly. These are games that if they're getting close to, to an NCAA, NCAA Division II bid to the tournament, these games will not help them. And, you know, the flip side, like you said, with the Division Three team, they'll look at these as losses, and a lot of it is perceptible to say, oh, they won't count against you. We both know 18-7 and seven yeah. or 19-6 and six means a lot to yeah. the selection committee, whether it's a D2 loss or a D3 loss. So, again, makes sense that this was the last one because Roberts has really established, established themselves as a good Division yeah. II program now. It took them a couple years to get there, yeah. but now they are strong in Division II. Really didn't make sense moving forward to have them playing in a Division III tournament. Obviously, you couldn't see all the games. We were here at Rochester, and we saw uh, basically the, uh, the third-place game and a championship game on both sides. You're hearing, by the way, uh, Roberts, Wesley, and women's team uh, <laughs> erupting in the background for whatever reason. Um, but... These games were great. Uh, yeah. These were really fun games here to see. The championship games both kind of came down the wire. Uh, Geneseo State woke up after getting down 17 yep. points late in the third quarter. A little strange to say. Uh, and then Rochester woke up uh, in the men's game after going down 12 nothing to start the game. They're really good fights to the end. Yeah, and, and really all tournament long, very competitive games, interesting games. I mean, doing what we do, I mean, I think I did, what, 11, 12 games? I, yeah, I lost crazy. track this week in the last five days. So, you know, doing what we do, you want close games. Who yeah. wins, who losses? It's not necessarily as important to us as it is to the players and coaches. But close games, and we had that really yeah. throughout the tournament, including the championship doubleheader. And like you said, Geneseo gave Roberts, Wesley, and women all they could handle, went right down to the final possession. And then as luck would have it, the men's championship game in the 50-year history, there haven't been many better than that game. Yeah. Again, went right down to the final possession, and Roberts hanging out. What's really interesting is Rochester was a five-seed in the men's tournament, and the five-seeds never won it. Every other seed's won it. Five-seed has it, nearly wins it. And the six-seed's only won it once or twice. So Robert Wesleyan's a six-seed and wins it. And the other interesting thing is you said as you closed off the air, this tournament started with Robert Wesleyan winning two on the men's side to start this entire 50 yep. years, and they finished with two. 
kind of apropos. A little symmetry. They yeah. won the first two back in the 60s, and then they win the last two. And the other thing with Roberts, Wesley, and men, they had never beaten the U of R in this building. They were 0 for 11, and they finally get the win. And really, they'll never play. Not likely they'll ever play the University of Rochester again here. So maybe they go out with a bang all the way around with that last win. Let's go back to Division Three. Let's talk about this region a little bit. Obviously, you know these teams really well. You know, the knock on the men in the last few years has been it's down. Yeah. We haven't had the dominance of the Hobarts. We haven't had the dominance of the Rochesters. You know, yes, Oswego State's playing well. Yes, St. John Fisher was playing well until this tournament. Until this tournament. What what's the status? What what are we not seeing out of this East region, especially up in this area of the of the, of the region? Well, I'm going to use a word that you hear a lot in the NFL. Nobody likes to hear the word. It's parody. I yeah, really do think that what's happened is there used to be, as you said, elite programs, and those elite programs were getting all of the good kids, all of getting the top recruits that kept them elite. And what's happened here, I think, over eh, the last five or six years, things have flattened out because more of those top recruits are looking at different colleges. And you know what? You credit the coaches in this area for their ability to get different kids into their programs where before there was a handful of teams that really the best kids were going to. Now they have such a selection and I think that's what's kind of flattened things out, more parity, East region. I think you see it around the country as much as well. I mean the Midwest, yes, which you know, Midwest we always look at as the dominant region, but I'll tell you what, there's a lot of really good teams in the Midwest where it used to be dominated, I think more about the Wisconsin school. And CCIW, yeah, basically. Yeah, now you're getting some other schools in the mix. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're seeing it there in different regions. I think there's much more parity. We're seeing it in the way we have to vote for the top twenty five in the yeah. D3 Hoops.com <laughs> poll. It is really tough to just whittle down to twenty five, much less rank them one through twenty five. Just to come up with 25 teams there's so many to choose from that are very very good I think that's what happened in the East region uh, you know again we'll see how things play out once teams start getting into the conference I think that's where you start seeing the better teams you know rising to the top I couldn't tell you right now who's the best in the SUNYAC or the Empire 8 or the UAA for that matter I couldn't tell you I have a feeling I know yeah but until they start playing there's no way because there's gonna be somebody sneaking up that we never thought would be a great team. And I know you haven't seen it yet, but I know St. Thomas has lost before we talked about this. I know uh, Washu was really struggling against Illinois Wesleyan. So it's, it's interesting. We'll talk about the women in a second, but you segued into that top 25, and not that I ever want you to reveal your ba ballot <laughs> like I do, um, but where is your divide right now? I mean, my divide somewhere between... Maybe I'm uncomfortable with the five and six at the top. Well, a couple of them have lost now. And then I've got a major gap. Where's yeah. your gap? No, I, th I think that's true for, for myself, and I know a few of the other voters that we kind of communicate with. Say, same thing. We kind of know who the top eh, five to eight teams, I think it's, it's fair to say. But then you get past ten, and really it's just a question of, all right, who have I seen? What do, who do I know anything about? Yeah. Who have they played? You know, a lot of it is it's as much record now as it is who have they played to get to that record. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's undefeated teams who haven't played anybody. Yeah. There's teams with two losses that have played really tough competitive schedules. So I think that's where you kind of have to, you know, use whatever you can to figure it out. But I think, and this is the, the same no matter what year, but especially this year, I think the poll in the first month or two. It's tough. You know, I mean, this, you, you see the same characters in there just because they're more familiar uh, schools, teams that people know. I think once you get to January, again, once you get really into the conference schedules, that's when you and I get a better feel, yeah, and that's when I think you see the poll look a lot better and a little bit more reflective of, of who is the top 25 teams. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Let's slide over the women quickly before we lose you uh, in the region. 
this it's almost the flip. It's been down. Everyone doesn't expect much out of it. It seems to be building a little bit now. Geneseo State certainly made yes. a, a name for themselves. NYU, while not up here, is in the region, has certainly put their foot forward. Mm-hmm. You'll know NYU pretty yep. well. Uh, but I even saw, even though Rochester didn't play a great game today, I'm starting to see some signs that they're reemerging, and Jim Shrivel's got a team there. Portland's kind of gotten into the play. Mm-hmm. There's there's some development here in this East region on the women's side. I think so. And you mentioned the University of Rochester. They have a, a fantastic player, an All-American, Al Leslie. Yeah. She's going to carry them to a lot of victories. You know, you talk about NYU. They're the favorite in the UAA. They have everybody back. So, you know, you get all your yeah. kids back. And they were really good last year. Yeah. So that's another strong team. And, again, Geneseo. You know, the SUNYAC Conference, I don't know if people look at that as necessarily one of the stronger women's basketball conferences, right. but there's some good teams there. You mentioned a few of them. I think if Geneseo finds a way to win the SUNYAC, then you've got to look at them, again, as being one of the elite teams. Remember, Geneseo went to the Sweet 16 last year. Yeah. You can't look past that. Now, they did lose one of their best players, but they brought everybody else back. You know, Geneseo, I think, is going to be there at the end. Empire 8, St. John Fisher. They return just about everybody. Ithaca's there every year. Yeah. There are good teams in the East region, but as you said, it, it's still got to kind of shake out. I think the U of R will have a good year in the UAA, but boy, it is tough. Oh, I mean, the road year. trips, I know firsthand, these road trips yeah. are tough, and all I'm doing is talking. I'm not playing basketball. NYU, Washington, oh, Chicago, gracious. all three of them are good Flying right to Atlanta, flying to St. Louis, flying yeah, to Chicago, bus ride to Cleveland, and you, bus and ride And you're to part Boston. of the oddity. You don't have to deal with going to Atlanta and Rochester in one week. No, I, yeah, thank goodness. You, you luckily don't have I'm to. I'm getting too old for that stuff, <laughs> That's Dave. That's true. <laughs> All right, wrapping up with you, as you know, we always get the final word to the guest. Any final thoughts you want to share with those watching? Great Wendy's College Classic Championship. Glad you got to see it. And, again, it went out with a bang. 50th year may have been one of the best. Two great championship games. Looking forward to uh, the rest of the season now. And we're going to be just around the corner from conference games. Looking forward to that as well. Very good. I appreciate you joining me. in a little strange twist, I'm going to toss it back to myself in the studio. There you go. Yeah. Here I am. Hello, I'm tossing back to me with a little bit of a haircut. This thing's been dying to get cut for a long time. We finally decided just to get rid of it and get it done today on our return trip. I want to thank JC the last uh, great chatting with him. I want to thank um, uh, Scott um, Hammer and also uh, Luke Flakersky for joining us on the show. Really appreciated them taking the time. And again, I want to thank everybody at the Wendy's Classic for giving us a little souvenir from the uh, event, the Wendy's College Classic Basketball. You know the Hoopsville one sitting over my shoulder? We will put this there as well. We'll remove the University of Maryland Championship or Final Four one that I got as a sports producer. I didn't go to the Final Four. It was a souvenir from someone who went. Uh, We'll get rid of that one. We'll move that one and replace it with this one. Um, Anybody know anybody here? Maybe they want to be a sponsor on the show. Just saying. But... Those who ran things at this thing, the the College Classic, thank you very much for your hospitality. It was a great time. We had a wonderful time. Um, I'm glad I got up there for the final one. It certainly made a difference, and I appreciate it. Um, Let's talk about a few things. Obviously, new top 25s come out tomorrow. Carnage on the men's and women's side, as we we talked about. Um, JC and myself on the men's side are going to have a little bit of work to do tomorrow. Uh, And those on the women's side as well will, will, will have some struggles. Um, it is what it is. I mean, parody's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm bemoaning like, oh, woe is me because I got to do a tab 25. It's going to take me forever. Listen, it's just a pain. That's all. You just, every once in a while you want it to go, you know what? I'd really love to just go and go, whoo, done. Uh, the football guys, most of them I know do it in about 30 minutes. It takes me about three, four hours in general sense. It really does. It takes me a while. Um, but nonetheless, 
Uh, it is great to have this kind of parity in Division Three basketball. It really is. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Um, and uh, maybe we'll just line a wall, um, put up about the 50 or 60 teams we think at least deserve to be considered for the top 25, maybe not deserve to be in the top 25, but considered, and throw darts over our shoulders and just see where we land. Maybe. Why not, right? Make for a good, good video. Um, obviously, big week ahead. A lot of conferences are now ramping up to get into some games. If they're not into games, this is where we're getting midterm or uh, finals for everybody are kind of different. So some schools are going into finals this week, uh, so they aren't playing. Some schools have finals next week, so they are playing. Some schools, as we've talked about, have about two weeks off. They're going to throw in some games and take Christmas off, or some are off for two weeks. We'll play after Christmas, etc. So um, a lot going on, and a lot we still want to cover. That's why we've added these Sunday shows. Thursday show will be our final Thursday show. Uh, for about a month, <laughs> um, kind of crazy the way things go. Um, let's see. So the 10th will be on the air, and then we won't be back on the air um, on a Thursday show until the 7th. So we go a month, um, January 7th, um, between Thursday shows. But we still have two more Sunday shows to do after this. We will do one on the 13th, and we will do one on the 20th. The 20th will be funny because I'll be coming back from football. Um, but we'll at least get some stuff put together for that. Got some ideas, maybe talking. Anybody read the Caltech story? Check it out. We may talk some Caltech basketball coming up. The Caltech story on Sports Illustrated is what, is what I'm referring to. Um, obviously, no games going on worth mentioning. Uh, we can certainly check, uh, double-check and make sure there wasn't anything that we missed. Um, a, a lot of it took place yesterday. Um, but a lot of great stuff yesterday. I mean, craziness. I mean, absolute craziness. And thank goodness for technology to see games. And I will say this, and we'll probably... Message this out later. We'll probably do this as a as an op-ed somewhere in the in the next few weeks. Coaches, could you do us a favor as fans? Can you do us a favor of fans of Division Three? Stop having your games not viewable when it's not live, like archives. Stop it. Please. I cannot watch ten games at the same time. It's physically impossible. I would love to go back and watch games that I haven't seen when I've got some free time or I'm putting the show together. I, By the way, I've got three monitors here. Doesn't mean I can't put a, a game up on one of the monitors while I do work. I would love to. But coaches are so paranoid, for lack of a better description, and will, and will have their, show, their games archived so no one can see them because they don't want teams to get extra tape. Come on. Coaches are already providing, or have to by conference rule, putting games up online for their conference opponents. And if you don't think, because you're one of them, you're getting six other videos of that team that you're about to face, even on a conference, you really think the archive's going to make that big a difference? And to make a better point, and I say this all the time, people who know me have heard me say this, Mike Krzyzewski and all those great coaches in Division One, how do they win? When every single one of their games is nationally broadcast, every single one of their games is recorded, every single one of their games is rebroadcast at some point overnight or 10 more times during the week by CBS, by NBC, by ESPN. They're available on demand on Watch ESPN and the NBC Sports app and all of these entities. 
and schools like Duke and the rest have rooms where they're recording all of the games. How do they win if their video of their games is so easily gathered? If you think locking down your archive of a game to keep us from seeing it when it's not live is going to somehow get you to win a championship conference, get you to win the next game, you're insane. Insane. Coaches are going to get video no matter what. Let us fans get a chance to see your team play, win or lose, when we can't see them live. Get rid of these lockout archives. Please do the do Division Three a service. Web streaming is so prevalent. Do Division Three a service, and let us see the games when we can't see them live. You know how awesome that would be. Do us that service. Quit hiding behind your high, saving the game so no one can scout you stuff. It's ridiculous. A, they're already getting the video. B, you're already providing the video to your conference anyway. And C, who cares? That's That video is not going to make or break your season. It's not going to make or break a championship. Give us a chance to see more games. We'll write that up at... It's somewhat down the road. I mean, it's ridiculous. And the last thing I want to do, by the way, is call up an SID or a coach and go, hey, listen, is there any chance you can give me the password or somehow give me a chance so I can so I can watch a game? It's a waste of time. Do Division Three a service. Let your games be seen if you can't watch them live. Oh, I'm sorry. Soapbox there, but it is what it is. That's going to do it for Hoopsville. I want to thank all of our guests for appearing on the show today. Uh, our our nice surprise uh, guy, Gallard, joining us from Carleton off their big win over uh, St. Thomas. I want to thank Bob Quillman for joining us as well to talk about the Central Region and a little bit of a, of a national scope uh, as well. I want to thank Jimmy Smith from Texas Lutheran, Anthony Ewing from... Uh, University of New England women, uh, Scott Hemmer from Geneseo women, Luke Flakersky from Rochester men, and, of course, J.C. DeLass um, as well. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Had a nice crowd tonight. Appreciate you taking the time to enjoy the show with us. We'll be back on the air Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern, and then Sunday, 7 o'clock Eastern, and then the following Sunday, 7 o'clock Eastern. Don't forget, upcoming, the D3Hoops.com Classic in Vegas. And just a little bit of a shout-out on the football side. We're guaranteed not to have a Whitewater Mount Union rematch in the championships at Stag Bowl, but they're playing this weekend, and all four teams are purple. So so it's going to be all purple anyway. And, and by the way, Amherst and, and, and Williams won soccer championships. They're purple too. Anybody out there who's not a purple team might want to consider changing their colors. I'm just saying. 
<laughs> but congratulations to those champions. Congratulations to the football guys. Of course, you can get more on the semifinals coming up at d3football.com. Thanks again. Uh, we're hoping. We keep teasing this. We're going to have a, a, another partnership announcement coming in the next week or so. I'm hoping we get this accomplished this week. Stay tuned to us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Stay tuned via um, email Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com and on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville as well. We do have some trips upcoming. Keep in mind, we're going to go to Vegas. We may be going to Texas. We have some other ideas of maybe another trip <laughs> at some point in time. If if my body doesn't give out, this Rochester trip it was tougher than I thought it would be. I'm getting older. But anyway, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope to see you back here on Thursday night. Good night, everybody.